Hello and welcome everybody to That's So Funny. I am your host, Ryan Neal, aka Vanilla Experience. Today with me, I have my cousin Jake. He's actually been on the podcast twice already. But if you haven't listened to those episodes, like I said, he is my cousin. He's in the Air Force. I've known him since I was born, pretty much. And we have a lot of the same interests. He loves Legos. He loves video games, D&D, everything nerdy under the sun. He loves woodworking. Uh... You know, he loves building things in general, and today on the podcast, we get into a few different topics. We get into, uh, you know, like, communications and, like, the future of it, and like, cybernetics. We talk about, you know, social issues. We talk about a few other things, such as, you know, how we feel about these topics, and, you know, we, we go into a little bit of detail, so I hope you guys enjoy it. The podcast is kind of long today, but, you know, we, we just, we were just having fun talking, and we just thought it was great so i hope you guys enjoy it take care this is the city morgue you stab them we slab them i remember you doing that when i was like 16 probably younger that was the funniest shit in the world this is back when we used to have a, a house phone oh yeah i mean it's it's one of the best ways to answer like crank calls you know like because they're like oh oh i don't uh you what <laughs> they don't know what to say. So there's proper etiquette for answering the phone in the military. And one of my, you're you're supposed to say, "Hey, this is X and X unit. This is my rank and my last name." So it'd be like, "Hey, this is the first SOSS or Special Ops Support Squadron." Matt Sarneal speaking. Uh, that's how you're supposed to answer the phone. I just answer fucking Air Force <laughs> and Air fucking Air Force. <laughs> Everybody around, everybody around me is generally laughing, but the person on the other side of the phone expecting to know who he reached, he or she reached, is always like, gah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, during that exercise, I started answering battle staff because I, I was on the uh, NAF battle staff. So, no, I, I, would, I would at least say 16th Air Force battle staff, um, but I wouldn't give my name or anything like that. Um, but in my defense... When you are in an ops environment, that whole nicety culture bullshit goes out the window and you're just like ops floor or yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're getting to the business. It doesn't matter who you're on the phone with that most you'd answer, you know, the message uh, is what matters. (laughs) Ops floor, watch officer, ops floor, mission commander, ops floor, IMS, you, you'd say your position so they know who they reached because the individual doesn't matter in an ops environment. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I feel like a lot of things, just in general, maybe not just in the military, because I'm not in the military, but I feel like most things in general are just these, like, played up, you know, non-essential niceties or, you know, etiquette. And I, it sometimes annoys me because I'm like, we're just doing this to do it. The person that I'm even, like, kind of what you were saying, the person I'm talking to doesn't care if I if I say this. Like, working in a call center... And someone wants to make a payment or, you know, pay for something they're buying. You're, you're supposed to say, may I have your card number? But, you know, some people, the natural thing was, can I have your card number? Or, you know, can I get your card information? That's how you would normally talk. Like, the, I'm like, people really do care about this may I thing. Like, if they do, they're just being dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like they just want to be treated like, they want to be pampered a little bit. And I'm just like, yeah. uh, it annoys me. It was just like when I type uh, emails or if I type up a text or a tweet, I'll type it like I talk. 
Because if I type it any other way, I don't think you would read it in my voice. You know, like, I feel like if you want to read something in my voice, I should type it how I would say it, if that makes sense. But, yeah, I... At some point, it, it, st- it stops being nice and personable and it becomes fake. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've never worked in a call center, but it... That's all call centers are. Just you, you are being fake over the phone to service that, like, give this person service, and it's just, it's it's really easy to do because I mean, if you know, it, I mean, like, having phone etiquette and speaking properly to someone over the phone is like playing a video game. It's you know, or or just following a formula. Essentially, it's like if I do X, Y, and Z, and I sound good doing it, you're you're gonna think I'm amazing. There's, it's not, it's not genuine. It's not, you know, real, but it sounds good. And that's all that matters. So. The only thing I listened to out of that whole explanation was that you want to service me. (laughs) Oh Lord. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just, you know, stop recording and get this over with. Okay guys, we're back. I service Jake and, uh, you know. It only took as long as whatever intro music you fill in with. Uh, yeah, fill in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. So, what just happened? What was that noise? Oh, the download finished. The no- a noise hit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, th- I thought OBS crashed, but we're still recording. Good. Uh, so, for those th- people that don't know, Jake is in the Air Force. That's why you mentioned uh, that at the beginning beginning of the podcast. I I do have one question. The other day I asked you about um what your favorite gun you had fired was. You said the M I think you said the I, I think I put the M in front of it, the two four nine. Yeah. It's a it's like a large machine gun, right? Yeah, it's a belt fed uh weapon. Uh interesting story. I was in the fire department at the time and they EOD, uh explosive ordnance disposal, called us out to be on standby as they disposed of some ammo. So being the young buck I am, I thought this is going to be super exciting. They're going to blow some old ammo up and I get to watch this. <laughs> but no, they just brought a bunch of guns out to the range and they were shooting into a berm. And after probably about an hour of watching them just hold down the trigger in the most bored way possible, me and the other guys dismounted from the truck and asked them if we could shoot this thing. So I could show you some pics of me hip firing this M249 and it's just the most fun ever. Looking like uh, you're in like the expend. What is that movie? The Expendables. Yeah, yeah. If everybody in the Expendables weighed like 149 pounds, because <laughs> I was, you know, like 20. God, you're tall. For 149 for you has got to be look really small. I I started my freshman year. I started weightlifting as a class and elective, and I weighed in at 149. And for the next 10 years, I weighed about 149 pounds as I shoveled food into my face, ate pizzas before I went to bed, ate two (laughs) cups of rice a day, did P90X, did insanity, followed all the bro science that the fire department could throw at me, and I stayed at 149 until I cross-trained, went into a different career field, and then started reading up on it on my own and actually learned how to put on weight and uh, learned how to lift instead of just doing, you know, all sorts of cardio and calisthenics and stupid mm-hmm. shit that everybody else was doing to maintain or lose weight. I was started compound lifts and stuff like that. And I was able to get up. I think I'm at about 175, 180 now. Oh, your life's so rough. You know, everybody has their struggle. 
I think I weigh like three times, well, not three times, but um, oh, over two times as much as you weigh. And I, <laughs> I'm just like calisthenics. That word, that word gives me enough exercise just saying it. So, yeah, I, I do not enjoy working out. We've uh, talked about this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there's one exercise I enjoy, and. It's half because of the name and half because the body movement and how much fun it is to do, but it is called the snatch. Kegels? Oh, well, I was close. Oh, well, kegels. I do that every time I drive, <laughs> but you got to keep everybody happy. Wait, what, what is it called? The, did you say the snatch? Yeah, it's the snatch. <laughs> Just the fact that so, I said kegels. Yeah, I'm going to continue. What is the snatch? Are you, if you're not familiar with this exercise, it's a compound lift. You'll see an Olympic weightlifting. You'd recognize it, maybe not by the name, but uh, you're basically starting with a bar on the ground. You get into what looks like a kind of a deadlift position, uh, feet shoulder width apart, and then you basically yank this bar from the floor as you extend your legs and thrust your hips forward to try to get this bar above your head. Yes. And as, as it crosses your chest, you drop down into a squatting position. Um, you might spread your legs even further as you try to catch the bar in what's called the pocket, which is a really sweet spot above your head. So you're trying to swing it up. You're trying to have it just straight mo uh, movement from the floor above you, but there's going to be a little bit of outswing when you suck like I do. And then it'll be flying behind your head and you'll either throw it behind you um, because you suck or you'll be able to catch it in the pocket as just as you're kind of, you go ass to grass and your arms are fully extended over your head. Um, it's you, you'll hit yourself in the face. You'll throw bars around. Um, but when it happens and everything works out gloriously and it's a heavy bit of weight, like maybe a plate uh, it's, a great feeling but i i am nowhere near as good at it as, as i'd like to be the uh have you met my buddy miles i i was playing he was on he was on the last episode of the podcast i believe maybe it was two episodes ago the power dad i i recognize his name from listening to the podcast but i don't believe i've met him i know you haven't met him physically i met like on stream uh sorry because he just started streaming and so he he actually powerless like a lot, a lot, like uh, a while now, because he wanted to lose weight, and his brother power lifts, so he started doing that. Bro, I he posts on Instagram all the time about it. Some of those, you, you, the one you described, he's done before. He does a lot of uh, deadlifts and he does a lot of bench pressing. And bro, some, like the the snatch is like it sounds dangerous because I mean, especially when you start getting into like the higher weight classes. You're yeah, talking there's a about, lot of moving parts there. Yeah, you're talking about throwing like 300 pounds above your head, and you know, and for a moment, it's almost like it's it's in free air, you know, because like basically, I'm assuming the way the technique is, you pull as hard as you can to like have this momentum come up, and then you're gonna like get under it, and then just catch it basically, right? Right? Is that right? Yeah, you you need to be going down as it's going up. Yes, um, you can't let it you know stall and then you drop because then you're going to be doing way too much work and you can't really pull it above your nipples anyway because it's just not going to work out mechanically so as yeah. it's coming up you need to be dropping down so it's it's a it's a lot of fun to do um with almost no weight um like when you're learning uh because it feels super uh uncoordinated because there's really no resistance against mm -hmm. you you're lifting what 45 pounds yeah. but then as you start to step up the weight um it becomes increasingly fun and increasingly dangerous. And I've more than once just caught it on my nose as I was dropping underneath mm. it. 
and I've got some of those on video, so it's it's pretty good. You ought to send me those. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, powerlifting is. I think I think powerlifting also feels rewarding because you you can start to see your results. Maybe not physically, but you can start to see them in the amount of weight you deal with. You know, like if you you bench press just the bar, let's say, you know, then you go up to you know a 45 on each side, you know, then, you know, like then you're putting on, you know, 50 on each side. Eventually you're going to be able to start to see that progress. I really like measurable progress, you know, in, in anything I do in life. Yeah, and as a beginner, uh, there's two things at play here. One, you're getting stronger, uh, maybe not a lot, but you're in, somebody could probably come along and correct my understanding because I'm by no means any Olympic lifter at all, but I, I fake it till I make it. I'm under the impression that what really steps up in the beginning before you begin to plateau is your ability to recruit muscles to whatever it is, whatever action you're trying to take. So it, as you are lifting, you're getting better at your kind of just a coordination effort. So as you're deadlifting or as you're squatting and everything's mechanically, uh, you're getting smarter at doing it. And that's where you see some of your biggest initial gains. So you're not necessarily getting any stronger at the beginning, but you are learning the lifts or your body is learning the lifts. Yeah. I think there's like that stat where it's like, if you could pull in one direction with every muscle in your body, you could pull like two ton or some, something crazy like that. I think I remember, I remember seeing I that as a it. kid because you just have so many muscles, but they all work in different ways. It's like if you could kind of what you were saying, coordinate them all you know, to do one task. You, yeah, you're, you're probably strong as shit, but that makes perfect sense to tell your body like, hey, let's do this thing right now. <laughs> I bet you're strong as fuck. I mean, it would make sense. I, I mean, honestly, like if I cut a lot of weight, I bet there's a good amount of muscle on there because I carry around a lot of weight just naturally. But dude, he knows strong as fuck as my dad, bro. That guy, like, he's like, he's he's big, but like, he's got a lot of muscle under his his old man skin. I'm just gonna call. I'm just gonna say uh, your dad's a bear. I mean, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, there's a lot of fat, but like, yeah, I I, I wouldn't want to get hit by him. That's totally what I meant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to the original thing. So you said the favorite gun you had shot was two four nine. I don't know how we got that that off, but that's great. Who even knows? Uh, but the one you have the highest desire that you haven't shot is the fifty cal. Yeah, and ironically, cal sniper specifically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, yeah, not a deagle or anything like that. Those are boring. Um, by the way, I hate shooting handguns. I, I don't. I think it was my first. I don't. I've only shot them once ever. But like they jarred my hand, and like I had like the shakes after. Hated that feeling. I, oh man, I saw a video recently that I got to send you. Um, I shot it to Tamala, but it's it's a dude that's trying to shoot a handgun, and for some reason there's a malfunction, so he puts his hand in front of the barrel, oh my God. continues to try to operate the weapon, then he like turns it and he's looking at it and then he turns it again and puts his hand in front of it ends up shooting through his hand as whatever he did cleared the weapon and i'm like what is even the thought process behind it? yeah i'll have to shoot you the video and we'll throw it in your podcast channel but it's it's glorious the the iq of people around guns sometimes kills me because i'm like like there's that one i i've seen there's another video i've seen where 
again, you know, some guy who it's it he goes to shoot the gun, it it misfires or something like it it's, it doesn't misfire per se, but it it's not shooting. And then he turns the gun around to look into the barrel and hit, like tries to shoot it again and it goes off, but it doesn't it doesn't shoot him in the face or anything. It goes like above his head. And like it was like it was like a uh I don't it wasn't a 357, but it was you know, it was like one of those revolvers. <clears throat> and it like the gun like falls out of his hand, and I'm like, and, and immediately you see someone just walk over him and like push him away. <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, the only thing I can imagine after this video ends is like Hey, dude, you gotta leave because yeah. you shouldn't be here. You're you're endangering yourself, one and two other people. Turn in your license. Yeah, like just ne never be around a gun ever again. But I but uh, I really do like shooting rifles. I've never shot a shotgun. I really like to shoot a shotgun. But I really like shooting rifles because all the you know all the shock and the recoils goes into your your torso. So you know if you position it right, it's it's not that bad. You know, you can you can absorb it a lot easier. Oh, there's two ways to shoot handguns that I'm familiar with. One is kind of the arms out locking. Yes, the that's elbows, what I did. Squaring the hips and uh, trying to center the gun on your body. The like old school police method. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the kind of loose elbows. Um, you're pressing forward with one hand into the other. And that's giving your, your stabilization. I, I don't know exactly what maybe that's what i did call these two ones but uh it's two different ways that i've fired i i have the most luck with like the elbows loose um and and just catching the recoil yeah i think it was the second one actually because i remember i had my right hand my you know my, my dominant hand wrapped around the gun first and my you know right hand right trigger finger on the trigger well beside the trigger and then i took my left hand wrapped it around that like closed fist like fully Close around the uh, the pistol grip. Yeah, and then you know I think the my uh, I think, I'm gonna think. I think my right arm was all the way out. I can't remember. I mean, this was fourteen years ago. I don't shoot guns very often, but yeah, I think I remember being like I shot it like six or seven times just, and I didn't hit the target at all because it was a pistol, and I apparently don't have good aim. I was trying so hard to, I remember. I want to. There's so much that goes into it, man. You got to like surprise yourself with the shot. You got to have your breathing right. You got to kind of continuously squeeze the trigger, not expecting it to go off. Um, and there's trigger pull where like, if you're pulling the trigger too hard, you might yank the gun over to the right. And there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, I'm not great at the pistol. I can definitely hit the target, but I do love, uh, I do love rifles. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I like rifles. I like, you know, I've never blown anything up. I mean, other than like fireworks and like Roman candles, but I want to blow something up, man. Like get like a stick of dynamite and throw it into like a quarry or something. Uh, there's what, a dry ice bomb you can do with like in a Sprite bottle or you something like that. That's I have actually made list. one of those. Uh, I when I lived in uh the apartments that I lived in with my buddies, there were these, they're, they're technically bombs, they're explosives. What you do is you take like Drano and you put it into a, uh, you pour, you pour like a good amount into a two liter bottle. Aluminum? Aluminum foil. Yep. You take aluminum foil, you, you get like little pieces of it and you just make a ton of little balls and you just drop them in down in there. You seal it off and just set it down. 
and the chemical reaction makes this gas that expands and expands and expands and eventually just goes poof. And yeah, yeah the police got called because they, people thought it was gunshots. I don't know what we're going to rate this podcast, but you can do the same thing with a uh, oven cleaner. Dude, well, I mean, it's there's that age old thing. Like you can make bombs out of household materials. And I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video of somebody that passed the TSA clearance aisle, goes through like, you know, Boston Market and some of the other things in the airport and puts together some sort of explosion. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. Well, it's kind of like that, uh, kind of like MacGyver. Is that what, Yeah, where he makes like something out of nothing. Yeah. I mean, you it's can... It's always bubble gum and paper clips. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you know, you know the chemical properties and like reactions to things, you can... You can make anything. It's just like, uh, have you watched Breaking Bad? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's gotta be resourceful. Yeah, it's like if you know, you know. I try to, I'm trying to get my parents to watch it, man. They, they watch like all these crappy TV shows. I'm like, watch fucking Breaking Bad. I'm like, it's not, you know, there's nothing super bad in it because it was on regular TV. It came on AMC. The same thing as Walking Dead. I was like, and it's one of the best TV shows of all time. I like, actually thought about this like a day or two ago, going back and rewatching it because it's been a minute. I've considered it because I actually watched, I rewatched Drive, uh, the movie with Ryan Gosling, where he is a wheelman, yep. and Brian Cranston is in it, and I was like, oh yeah, he was, he's amazing. I was like, because I watch, I'd watch a Drive forever ago, right? Like when it came out, and I hated it, and this was like nine years ago. And I remember I disliked it because I, I didn't understand, I, I didn't get like art films then. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's, and that's what Drive is. It's like an art action film. There, there, there's not a whole lot of dialogue in it. There's not a, you know, the action in it is very abrupt, I think. And, and um, I rewatch, like, rewatching Drive recently, I, uh, I noticed, like, this guy, like, he has, like, this rage. And you get to see it come out, like, he does it to protect the person and in doing so he pushes that person away. And it was just, I don't know. There was like things that I liked about it that I, I, I really loved the soundtrack. It was like the synth wave eighties feel to it. And then I don't remember the soundtrack. I, all, I mean, it's all I remember is the jacket and like the main actor. And that's about all I remember for that movie. I mean, just go on. You don't even know to watch the movie. Just go on uh, Spotify and listen to the soundtrack, man. It's very synth wave, like eighties, like, uh, Stranger Things, kind of. Who played you know, opposite of him? There was a main Carrie female Mulligan. in that. I think her name's Carrie Mulligan. She's from... I don't remember. I have to look her up. Carrie Mulligan. She was big. She was in The Great Gatsby. She played the main actress in that. Okay. She also played in something else that I've seen. But I don't know, but I've definitely, she's not, she hasn't been in much recently that I've watched personally, but I, but yeah, Great Gatsby was the other big thing that I've seen her in. Um, and then Brian Cranston is in it. Hellboy, isn't it? Uh, what's his name? The first oh, Hellboy. Yeah. Oh, what is his name? Ron Perlman. And then I don't think it was anyone else big in it. Oh, the guy that plays, uh, opposite him that is also like another male like supporting actor is Oscar Isaac, the guy that played in Ex Machina. He played Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars movies. Okay. 
Yeah, like when he like when he showed up on screen, I'm like, okay, this cast is nuts. Like, no, like how did I not like this movie? Granted, I don't think I knew who Oscar Isaac was when I watched this movie. <laughs> so, who is your favorite actor? Oh, dude. Okay, who's my favorite actor in in what in what sense? Like, we can talk about different categories. We can talk about who I'd who I'd want to like sit down at dinner with. It, like, we'll who go I, non-comedy. Um, so we'll just exclude comedy from this question. Uh, and just like if you're if who I think who is who is like my favorite sit, actor in an acting sense is what you're saying. Let's go. If if there was going to be a movie trailer surprise, no, no, uh, no, even hints about this movie being released, and you but see I know this, this name, person. Okay, ooh. yeah, you see a name, and, and I know who you see it basically. In. Yeah, probably. Oh man. So the person I've probably seen the most of their work. So like picking one person, I don't know if I can pick a person because I, I watch so many movies. I'm trying to think. I mean, Tom Hardy's up there. Like the people that came to mind instantly yeah. were. I mean, yeah. But see, I, I he has some films that I don't like. Like I did not like uh, Bronson. Um, I haven't okay. I haven't watched the gangster one with him where he plays the twins. Um, I'm surprised you didn't like Bronson. Bronson again. I need to go back and rewatch Bronson because I watched it like five or six years ago, and I this is gonna be so like this. This is gonna sound self like uh, what's the word when you're like jacking yourself off. Like, uh, <sighs> oh, uh, self conceited or something yeah, kind, like kind of like you know, kind of like conceited. It, yeah, conceited is a good word. Uh, but I feel like over the last five or six years, I've like really changed as a person, like just the way I think about things. Not that it's for the better, but you know, just the way I view things are a lot different. Like, I don't need something to be mainstream, is it? Because I used to be really mainstream. Like, if something wasn't mainstream, I would just dislike it for no reason. Don't ask me why. Yeah, if Michael Bay didn't direct it, he didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, dude, wait, real quick. Side oh note, have you seen the fucking Michael Bay directs Titanic trailer? <laughs> I think I, I think I have. It's it's so, been a minute. When the dude falls off the re- tail end of the ship and hits the fucking propeller and explodes, that is the best <laughs> shit ever. I do remember seeing this now. <laughs> Oh, like, no, I gotta go back stuff, and rewatch it. Just explodes for no reason. Um, no. All right, get back to main actor name. So Tom the, Hardy, the I name did, that would excite you the most. Oh, man, so non comedy in like this person is also up there because I think they're really good in like serious roles too. Is Chris Pratt? Like he was really good in Zero Dark Thirty. He was really good in I think like Jurassic World and stuff like that. I really liked his character. Um, yeah, I, think, I think he's going places. He's the new Marlon Brando. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's crazy that he started off as Andy in Parks and Rec, basically. Oh yeah, that's and everybody's everybody's gonna know him as Andy in Parks and Rec, but uh, I feel like yeah, a lot of people I don't. I feel like he's people, got a lot ahead of him. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's like he's been he's a superhero. He's you know Star Lord. He's in Jurassic Park. Like, I mean, you, I don't know how you like. <sighs> Anyways, let's skip on to some more people. Uh, Denzel Washington is up there. Um, okay, I respect that. This because like Den- I have not seen a I've seen a couple bad Denzel movies, but they were basically just like sequels to movies that he had already made a shitload of money off of. So I'm like, yeah, you're just collecting a super big paycheck for an easy re- like easy sequel to a movie. All right, so Brokeback Mountain two announces your picks are Tom Hardy and uh, what was his name? 
Denzel Watt or Chris Pratt, that would be that would well, be a why movie. Not all three. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Broke back mountain the the uh, love triangle. <laughs> so as I've been commenting on all of this and asking you questions, Tamela's pulled up a uh, Adam Driver and has been pointing at him the whole time. And really? Like, I mean, I don't know. I love. I love Adam Driver. Don't get me wrong. I I think he's a great actor. I had zero desire to see the Marriage Story. Um, oh man, I I kind of watched that and it made me like anxious the whole time. They did a really good job <laughs> on that movie, um, and it should you know probably qualifies for any awards it wins. But I I wouldn't want to rewatch it. It was it. Speaking uh, speaking of movies like that, have you watched Parasite? No, I haven't yet. Okay, well we'll have to talk about that at a later time because I'm not gonna. It, it 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 got so many awards and I just I get why, but it's it's like what you're saying about marriage story. Like I'm watching it, and I'm just like, this is not entertaining. It the cover or the poster or whatever reminds me of the Human Centipede, and I'm just, for some reason I'm just like, uh, it's so gonna be another Human Centipede type. It is not a horror film at all. All right, just a heads up. I mean, like I, I sorry for anyone if that's a spoiler for you. Because I think the trailer made it look like a horror film, kind of, but it's not remotely a horror film, or like it's nothing like Human Centipede. It's it's more it's more like the Joker or Joker, like okay. in, in its in its themes and it's very symbolical. I mean, it's that's all I'll say. But I, I overall, I liked it. I gave it a six out of ten. But I mean. I don't think it was. I don't think it was better than Joker, but I know why it beat Joker. So that's that's all I'll say. I don't. I don't want to spoil too much for you. So all right. I'm trying. There was a I'm trying to think of other names. Let's see. Let me let's pull up best actors. Uh, twenty twenty, and see if there's anyone on this list. I mean, Joaquin the- Phoenix is not. Heath Ledger's up here. <laughs> okay, well, well, he's not coming out in any movies. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll throw you another name that's dead. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I've oh yeah, he was good. The stuff I've seen him. I don't uh, remember. Was he the lead in anything? Uh, Doubt, and yeah, I think he was one of the mains in uh, Charlie Wilson's War, which I really enjoyed. I've never watched that. Oh my god, it's so good. Christian Bale's up there. Brad Pitt, Leonardo, Leonardo, probably. I'm less like, yeah. I have not seen a Leonardo film I have disliked. I can't think Leonardo without thinking uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I have never watched What's Eating Gilbert Grape because it was oh, man. it was way before my time, man. And I just I'm like I don't know, I don't care. Should catch the highlight reel just to see him go full simple Jack. <laughs> Does he really? Oh, he completely plays a mentally handicapped individual. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, like if they were basing Simple Jack on anybody, it might have been uh, his character. And what's he in Gilbert Grape? Wasn't he also in Edward Scissorhands? Was he? Or may- maybe I'm mixing those two up, man. I don't know, dude. I, I, I people are gonna judge me for this, but I, I thought the not the same movie, but I always get those two confused because I haven't seen either. So they're um, like thematically very different movies. Don't ask. Don't. I, that's not why I get them mixed up. It's because is is Johnny Depp in both of them? Uh, I know he's in uh, Edward Scissorhands. I don't know if he's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. 
Yeah, he's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay, that makes sense. Really? Yes. Oh, is okay. He like the dad? He oh, plays he's the, the older, older brother. brother. Holy shit, he's young as hell. Yeah, I was like, there's a reason I'm connecting these two films. I'm not just like <laughs> moon boying it, dude. All right. Um, another actor uh, that I would um, definitely be interested in, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. He's been killing it lately. Uh, What's, I mean, aside Emma from Stone. Matrix and John Wick, what is Keanu's biggest hits? Uh, Bill and Ted, but that's a really yeah. long time ago. And then I would say outside of those, probably Speed. And then another movie I really like, it's called... It's one where he plays a guy that has a gambling addiction and he has to coach uh, a little league team. Keanu Reeves baseball. Did Speed ever catch up to Lost Before or Land Before Time with the amount of sequels? I have no idea. I know Speed 2 was really bad. Did they get on a boat? Yeah, they did. Hardball was the movie I was thinking of. Very good movie. Um, I mean... I think Michael B. Jordan is in that. I'm pretty sure Michael B. Jordan is in that. Ooh, another that. Speaking of another person, if I saw his name on it, I'm gonna go see it probably. Okay. Have you watched the Creed movies? Oh yeah, um, I I'm fucking love those. Those and like, I, I don't even like boxing. I don't. I actively don't watch boxing, but like boxing movies, I really like. Like, uh. Creed, Creed, Creed one and Creed two. I mean, the Rocky movies are great, but I like Creed better just because one, they're from my era, uh, and two, I think the acting is just phenomenally better. Well, because they also, <clears throat> I think they ha- they have this. I don't feel like Rocky movies really did like this character development thing because, like, you know, they was, they started off in the seventies, and it was just like we can make a movie about boxing and then punch, punch. You know, like it's just. Yeah, didn't he like write the script while he's living in a van and like, <laughs> sold his dog? And, I've never like, heard this. Movie but... gets big, and then he goes and buys the dog back or something like that. Like, there's a there's a whole story behind the first Rocky script. That's that's insane. But I mean, Rock, see the Rock, see Rocky one's not even the best Rocky. Rocky three is where he fights uh, Mr. T. There's something about the movies that. Like the boxing and uh, like Warrior, the one with Tom Hardy that I was gonna bring that up. But... To get me like physically moving, like yes. I'm the one that's in the scene, and that well, uh, that does something. For me. I said that the other day. I Warrior and not Creed does it a little bit, and so did so did Southpaw. Did you watch that with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, very good. Also, Real Steel with um yep. Wolverine. What's his name? Hugh Jackman. All yeah, those movies. Like at the end, I want to stand up and cheer. Like I'm actually at this event. It, it's, like I just won the coup d'état. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, congrats. You guys literally immersed me so much that I felt like I was part of this experience, and I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Mike and I grew up on a uh, blood sport. Blood sport. With, uh, yeah. Jean Claude Van, Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he uh, has to kill that thick ash Asian dude after he kills his uh, good friend or injures him really badly. Yeah. America and the guys are smashing beers on his fucking head. I fucking yes. loved that guy. Yeah, Bloodsport and, uh, and Double Take were my two favorite Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Was it the Three Ninjas with the three little kids? Yes, that movie was amazing too. Three little white kids, specifically. Yeah, I think that came out. It's got to be after Karate Kid, but they're like, we'll just do three little kids. <laughs> 
wasn't there like a movie also like Surf Ninjas where they're all they can all surf and they're ninjas? Uh, there obviously has to be now, bro. Did you? All right, time out. We're, we're gonna go real old school here. Did you ever? Do you remember the movie called Brink from Disney? Uh, it's the rollerblading movie. No, no, I don't remember, <laughs> bro. It. I don't. I saw. I saw the. Uh, here, I'll, I'll save this. A copy of this engine uh, mentioned to the podcast channel for you. This movie, bro, was one of the best. Oh my god, it's so small. It's like my PP bigger image that's that's a fun thing about like the 80s and 90s movies where they they take one facet of life and like jack it up to 11 <laughs> and try to make it the coolest shit ever so this oh, this god this kid in it the kid on the left with that like douchebag haircut and uh he was also in another movie where he goes to hawaii and learns how to surf and like wins a surfing competition i think it's called like john johnny tsunami maybe and that's okay. probably wrong i can't remember but like he, then, then like he he brings the the Hawaiian kid back to the states and teaches him how to snowboard. It's it's like the weirdest shit ever. But yeah, I uh, I loved those movies, man. Well, oh, we were talking about actors. Some an actor that I wish was like still like making movies would be like Wesley Snipes because yeah, fair. Dude, he was in like some crazy good movies. Remember New Jack City? Did you ever watch that? No. But oh, did bro. his career die with Blade? His career died, yeah, I would say with Blade. Right after Blade. I don't know why though, because Blade the Blade movies I thought were so good. Blade three was a little hokey. And I mean two and three were probably not great. But apparently I like those underworld movies. Yeah, dude. Those movies fell off. Like one and dude, un, did, you, did you watch all of them? Uh no, but well, We'll put all three. We'll put three franchises on the same chopping block: Blade, Underworld, and uh, oh man, uh, Resident Evil. Start off oh, great, yeah, and then just like oh, let's just beat this, this, this dead horse, descend into yeah, terrible shit. I would say Underworld had a moment where they could have come back because what happened is the first and second one I thought were really good. Like the second one is where she like evolves into like ultra vampire like she can be a dig walker as well and then it was her and michael the the hybrid together at the end and uh i was like oh this is a great pairing because now it's like they're two like kind of evolved creatures and they can you know like just own own face so like then like a couple bad movies came out and then like they came out with one and i think like 2016 where it was her trying to find her daughter, and she finds her daughter, but like Michael's still on the run. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you guys just wrote him out of the script probably because you couldn't get him, you know, signed on to the movie. And I'm like, that's so shitty because like, it would have been such a crazy film, you know. I don't know. It's it's like they had a chance to bring it back, but they didn't. I I don't know the whole vampires werewolves thing. Like, if you're gonna put two in the movie, keep them keep them separate. You said, yeah, otherwise. Or Twilight. I mean, I kind of like Twilight, though. Not gonna lie. I, I knew you would. I mean, I don't. I can't read Twilight because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's her writing style or what. But I just I could not push through it. Um, I w I do like the movies though. Not gonna lie. I've never watched them, but uh, I have other 
other failings. Um, when uh, Fifty Shades of Grey came out as a movie, oh. I was in Greece. And me and my whole crew went out to the opening night with all these like Greek women. And they br- all brought their kids. And it just got really sweaty in that movie theater. It was weird. The two things. I went to see the Harley Quinn movie last night, Birds of Prey. Okay. This person brought, I would say, three, six, six or seven-year-olds with them to see that movie. R-rated uh, previews are playing during the during the previews. Like I'm like, yeah, good choice. Uh, so that happened, and I was like, I, I just don't get that. I'm like, why? What are you doing? Like, did you not research yeah. this movie? Uh, Tam went and saw that one. She she liked it. It, it was badass. I would. I, I didn't like it as much as like it should for as much hype as it had. I think it was overhyped. I do think it was a very badass movie, like in the sense of what they were trying to accomplish. You know, I, I, I don't want to say they focused on it too much. Cause I don't think they did. This was the whole movie was about, but like showing like women being badass, they fucking nailed because that, movie, that was, it was like great action scenes. You know, they were just kicking ass like the whole movie, which I loved. The the story was a little wonky, a little bit like the way they the the both the order they told it in, and just the story overall. I was like, okay, but I'm like, it's a comic movie, whatever. Um, second thing you mentioned, Fifty Shades of Grey. I think unironically, right after we mentioned Twilight, you know that those two movies are connected. Uh, I do. I thought one was like a. Uh... Like a fan fiction written yes. after another one. Fifty Shades of Grey was originally Bella and Edward fan fiction, and they just changed the fucking names. Nice. And that was where Fifty Shades of Grey came from. <laughs> My red room of pain. I mean, dog. Like, well, and people were like, "They're nothing alike." I'm like, mm, kind of though. I'm like, I don't. You haven't watched Twilight, but like, it is a very like kind of like one way relationship almost like yeah i know i'm i'm aware that the lead vampire dude is supposed to be pretty controlling and i guess that fits into the whole mr yes. gray i did it's not as like sexual based but it, it does get a little weird like in the second the start of the second movie she's throwing herself off a cliff jesus because because he like to protect her he goes he gets away from her and she's like i don't want you to leave and like they're connected, like he can always sense if she's in danger. So to, for him to come back to her, she throws herself off a cliff and puts herself in like intense danger. Like, okay, that you're, makes sense. Like you're crazy. All right. But I mostly watch it because in the second movie is when uh, Taylor Lautner hit puberty and like fucking got super jacked. Not that's anyways. And like he's like super badass and like he transforms into a werewolf in that movie and they fight and shit. It was pretty badass. That's that's like where the movie gets good. The first one is like a love story, you know, like, but like the second one on are kind of like action love stories, which I I like. I think around the time those shows came out, I was watching uh, True Blood, and I'd had my fill of werewolves and vampires, so I that never really got it. Is understandable because True Blood's also not great, and Twilight's not great either. So it's like you can only take so much mediocrity and so much of one. Uh, genre of thing just like my mom will watch vampire and like murder shows all the time and i'm like change it up come on it's something uh, different 
just to circle back to something we mentioned earlier, I just thought of a cool, cool overlapping magisterium here. Uh, you mentioned you like Keanu Reeves, and I mentioned that I liked those 90 movies. They took one thing and just like hyped it up in extremis. Yes, thank yeah. you. You called it before I even got to it. Amazing, dude. I, I've actually, I do not remember watching that movie in its entirety, but it's one of those movies where I've seen segments of it so many times that I kind of know the whole movie. Okay. I need I need to sit down and watch it because one, uh, I I just think it deserves it. You know, for me, I I want to watch the movie. I also need to watch like, uh, what's Pulp Fiction? I need I've never watched it like all the way through. Yeah, you need to fix that. I just so let's finish Point Break first. Uh, Patrick Swayze's dead now, and. After he died, I was like, oh, I'll go back and watch all of his movies because I was like, that would be kind of cool. I just never did it. I never watched Ghost. I never watched that. I think the like the two Patrick Swayze movies that I'll watch, one more so than the other is Road, Roadhouse being the number one. That movie is oh, badass. Yeah. I was like, I really hope they don't remake it, but if they do, it needs to be someone that's kind of the same person as Kurt Russell. or uh, Chris Pratt. No, no. <laughs> Come on. I would be so pissed if they did that. I love Chris Pratt, but it's like it's got to be someone that's kind of like a little bit got like a a, a touch of redneck, touch, like very serious, like kind of jacked person, you know, or someone that's going to act their ass off. Like if they put Tom Hardy in it, I'd be like, I give it a chance, you know. Have you seen uh, pics of Tom Hardy in uh, uh, Black Hawk Down? Black Hawk Down. You sent them to me. Oh, okay. That's my my favorite little Tom Hardy fact is his, his super thin ass. He's like one fifty. Yeah, and he's in Blackhawk. You know who uh, I saw in a movie the other day in Saving Private Ryan? Not because I was watching the movie because I haven't seen that one all the way through either. Um, the guy that plays Shane in The Walking Dead. He also plays the Punisher. I forget his name, but he's in that movie, and he's like really young and like really thin. And it's just like seeing people like that. It's like, oh, this is where you started. Got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Roadhouse is great. Also, I've seen Dirty Dancing like a million times because my sister loves it. It's like yeah, her second favorite classic. movie of all time. It's a good movie. Um, and he also plays a really good role in it, I think. Um, what else, man? But yeah, I don't know. I think some things just shouldn't be remade. I'm, I remember I got into this like guffle, I guess, or you know, disagreement. Because I posted on Facebook, and this is back when they announced the new Jumanji movies. And I, I posted saying, like, they really shouldn't remake them. Like, that would be a super disrespectful thing to do, because Robin Williams had just died, like, a couple, maybe, like, one or two years before that. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way they'll ever capture what the original one was about. And this guy responds, he's yeah. like, you can't say that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you have no idea anything about this movie. Uh, so I think you're just being, you know, you're just overreacting for no reason. I'm like, no. If they remake Jumanji, it it will n not be nearly as good, and they shouldn't yeah. do it. And now, When that was announced, I still hadn't recovered from the sequel to Boondock Saints. Oh, God. That was so fucking bad. Yeah, I, I, I hate that that happens, man. Dude, when she when the female lead 
cop gets up on the table and starts shooting the guns <laughs> or something. I was like, what did I pay for? Yeah, I watched that as, on a DVD, so I did not feel bad. Um, but yeah, so to touch on the Jumanji thing, once they announced that it was not a remake, I was like, okay, I'm interested. And the movie was actually really enjoyable. And I haven't watched, I think there's a second one out. I haven't watched it because I'm like, okay, you guys got me once. Like, the first one was good. I don't trust the second one to deliver again. But I will say Kevin Hart is very entertaining uh, as far as a comedic actor. Other than the movie Get Hard with him and Will Ferrell. Oh, God. The movie was a flop. God. What was, oh, man, what was the uh, Mark Wahlberg, The Rock? The other guy? Um, oh, it was something like Get Hard. Mark Wahlberg and The Rock? Yeah. Or, well, oh, oh no, that movie was actually decent. Um, yeah. Oh, Pain, pain, no, pain and no Gain? No Pain, No Gain or something like yeah, that? I think it was Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain? The Rock's fucking grilling hands? <laughs> yeah, dude. And the fact, the fact that they would cut in and say, this is still based on a true story, is probably made it ten times funnier. Yeah. So I know we've talked about this before. You hate Michael Sarah, you know, and you hate him to death. You need need, you know, you have to, like, or else we won't be friends. You have to watch Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I will watch Scott Pilgrim versus the World as soon as you tell me you finished Pulp Fiction. I'm gonna watch Pulp Fiction right fucking now. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna start right. watching it we'll while pause this the po- podcast. <laughs> We'll both watch these movies and we'll get back and we'll talk about how bad Michael Sarah. Okay, it's trust me, dude. Greg hates Michael Sarah as well, but he loves this movie. All right, where's Facebook? I'm going to start the Michael Sarah hate group. And like <laughs> oh my gosh, I you have to just watch it, man. So good, but anyways, um. What were we talking about? Uh, Cop Pilgrim. Oh, Pain No Game, bro. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know. The Jumanji thing is great. Like, they're also remaking Blade, or they're making another Blade. I'm thinking they're, it's, it's a remake. Oh, they're going to kill somebody else's career? <laughs> uh, this, act, this actor is actually pretty good. Um, I don't know how to say his first name. It is, I want to say, an Islamic name. He was in Hidden Figures. Uh, he was also in the first season of Luke Cage. I want to say it's uh, pronounced Mashara. Hidden Ma- Figures was good. Hidden Figures was amazing. See, in I don't know what it. I don't know if I am just a closet misogynist or something, but movies like Bird of Prey don't interest me. But then I can turn around and see Hidden Figures and love. It. So. And then have no interest in the I'm gonna I would say the new Ghostbusters, but yes. there's already another one coming out. The all female Ghostbusters, yes. I was gonna bring that up. Movies like where they it's when they it's when they force it. It's like I again, I don't know if, again, I don't know if this is because I have misogynistic tones like, you know, in my head. But the new Ghostbusters or sorry, the all female Ghostbusters did not interest me at all because I'm like, you're just this is just SNL Ghostbusters one, two. It's it's so forced that it doesn't feel right. Just like I will say, the all female uh, Oceans movie was actually p- pretty decent. It wasn't as good as the other ones, but that's not because we were all females. It was because the writing 
and all that wasn't as good. It's, you know, it was, it was kind of like a side movie. It felt, um, and then, uh, one movie that I loved that again was, um, you know, all female cast pretty much was bridesmaids. I don't know if you've seen that man, but it's legit. One of the funniest fucking movies ever. And I would would have to ask my wife. I may have seen that. It's got, I mean, Kristen Wiig is the lead and it's also got, uh, what's the, what's the kind of bigger girl's name that was in the ghostbusters movie. No clue. Starts with two. It's her. It's a, her name is alliterated. Michelle McCarthy. Is she the chick from, uh, the singing movie? Singing movie? The acapella groups. Um, it's got the whole cup song in it. No. You're thinking of the woman that plays Fat Amy. That's, those yes. movies are called Pitch Perfect, and how dare you disrespect Thanks. them like that. Because Pitch Perfect oh. is one of the best movies of all time. Dude, this Ma, Maharshala Ali guy you sent me? Yes. He's, he played in House of Cards, and I loved his character. Yes, that's what everyone knows him from. Sorry. I've never seen House of Cards because I don't like... It's, uh, but yeah, he's gonna be the new Blade. Oh yeah, I could see him as Blade. And he's he's got, he's got that serious like kind of tone to him, you know. Maybe he's young Blade. And he's not we'll that young. Knife. He was born in 1974. He's the dagger. He's the dagger. Shut the. They just compare him to Wesley Snipes. He looks a lot younger. Yeah, Wesley Snipes is also like 80 years old, and he's done like a ton of drugs in his life. Okay, so if you got a Wesley Snipes movie and he's playing Blade and you put this guy in the next Blade, it looks like it's going to be a prequel. <laughs> I think I think it's just a remake of Blade uh, completely. Like, it's confirmed. It's also, I hope it's linked to that new uh, trailer with, I think it's, what's his face? Jared Leto playing, okay. I think he's playing uh, a, a supervillain. I forget what it's called. He's a vampire. Oh my god, what is it? It's it just the the trailer just came out like two weeks ago. Um and he has like he has like superpowers, Morbius. Never even heard of that. I'll 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 link you, but it's it looks solid, man. Oh, I just started playing. But yeah, it, it looks solid, man. It's it apparently they're like sworn nemesis. And I think also Morbius is also part of the Spider Man universe. Because I mean Blade is part of the Marvel universe. If, I don't know if you knew that. Um, uh, I think I knew it, but I forgot it. It was actually like the first, it was, it was actually what led to Marvel getting on the map to make Iron Man. Okay. Because Blade, Blade, I think, I don't know if it released in theaters, but it, it, if it released in theaters, it did not do well. When it went to DVD, it blew up and like it made millions of dollars on DVDs. So fast forward, I think Blade came out in nineteen, like nineteen ninety five, and uh, and then nineteen ninety eight. So then you know you fast forward to two thousand seven. They kind of talked about Iron Man and they they made it because, yeah. So Blade was super integral integral to that and. uh I really like the Blade movies. The third one, like I said, was a little eh. They kind of they kind of cash in. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is in it, so is uh, Jessica Biel. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is another actor I would see any pretty much any movie he's in. Yeah, I liked him. He he does comedic relief along with intense action very well. I mean, so this 
this Morbius trailer you sent me, the main dude is Jared Leto, the same guy that played the the creepy uh, Joker. Yeah, the bad Joker. Yeah, I didn't like him as Joker. No, I didn't either. People were like, he didn't get a chance. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's not his fault. But Wasn't he in like three movies? No, 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 no. He was only in Suicide Squad. Really? What Joker? There's only been one Joker. For, I think all the Jokers have only been in one film. There was... Uh, what's the old guy? Um, not Richard Nixon. Jesus, what is his name, dude? I thought I saw him in at least two films as Joker. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jack Nicholson. He played the original Joker, and then uh, Heath Ledger played him in one film. I think Jack Nicholson was only in one film as well. And then you have Joaquin Phoenix in the new one. And then you had Jerry Leto and Suicide Squad. And beyond that, you've had people that voiced him. Mark Hamill's voiced the Joker in multiple things. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, Suicide Squad, the Joker 2016. And then he's in a music video with Skrillex and Rick Ross called Purple Lamborghini. Yeah. And then he was in Blade Runner 2049, which I could have picked up on. And then he's got an untitled Joker Harley Quinn project and an untitled Jerry Leto Joker project on a both announced and he's going to play in Tron 3 as Ares. Okay, rumored. Yeah, Tron 3 isn't confirmed to my knowledge. Fell off the place of the the face of the planet cuz I I loved Tron 2, Tron Legacy with um something Murtog is his last name. Or he played a character named Murtog is what is his name? Anyways, I it also had uh Jason Sudeikis' wife. What is her name? Oh my gosh. I'm like blanking on names. But anyways, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Speaking of oh, superheroes, shit. though, Garrett Hedlund is his name. And Olivia Wilde. was in the Lord of War opposite of uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. I never watched Lord of War. That's all right. It's got probably one of the best intros to any film of all time. Just a bunch of gunfight. I'm fighting. Uh, no, it is like the, if I recall correctly, like the production of a bullet from like start to finish. Uh, it's almost like a how it's made, oh. but CGI and pretty badass. That's pretty cool. I remember it being badass. Speaking of good intros to movies, I was talking about Saving Private Ryan the other day. Because yeah. my mom knows shit all about history. Oh boy. <laughs> She's. I'm like, I forgot how Saving Private Ryan got brought up. Um, I think we, I think I compared it to 1917. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, 1917 doesn't open as well as Saving Private Ryan. Cause I had seen the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. I haven't seen the whole movie. I was like, but Saving Private Ryan also has like one of the best injuries of all time. And I was like, mom, do you remember that? She's like, yeah, they're, they're all fighting like in the water. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, yep. They're in the, I mean, I was like, technically they are in the water briefly. I was like, but they're storming the beaches of Normandy. I was like, do you know where that is? She goes, Germany. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I love you, mom. I was like, they were in Germany occupied France. I was Your like, dad they... was in the army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really was. Well, that's because my dad, my, my mom hates army movies or military movies. And I I kind of I watch movies mostly with my mom as a kid, so like I kind of picked that up from her. Uh, I still don't like army movies or military movies overall in general, but 1917, I think you still have to. You need to go watch that, dude. It's yeah, I need to see it. 
I, I can't tell you how I'm like just one, just the cinematography alone is amazing. Cause it's the movie is filmed in a way that makes it all seem like it's one take. Like it's insane. That's, that's awesome. Like it, like the camera starts like w- with the people and then it, it ends like it's, it's the same take. It looks like it's, it's phenomenal. And then the score, I mean the score, the, the, the emotional ride that you go on. I mean, it's just a very good film. But yeah, uh, you need to go see it. And um, yeah. what else? We were talking about, oh yeah, <laughs> your mom's not good at history. And I go, do you know what war that was, Bob? <laughs> she goes, World War One. <laughs> like, nope. I was like, it's okay, That's though. Fun. That's like, it's okay. It's like, everyone's got to have like, you know, kind of like when you roll D&D stats. Like, you, you, roll, you roll an eight in this area. It's fine. You know, but you, yeah. if you roll a, you know, a 15 in some other areas, you're good. You know, yeah, you, she's balanced. Yeah, it's like it balances out somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's it's rough, man. I need to I need to watch Saving Private Ryan. All right, so I, I need to make a, I have a list. I have Saving Private Ryan, Pulp Fiction. Uh, I forget what else. There was one other like really big movie I haven't seen that I just need to watch. Uh, I can't think of what it was. I might have watched it. I I think Saving or no, not Saving Private Ryan. Pulp Fiction is the one of the two, uh, no, one of the three Tarantino movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. Jackie Brown and Grindhouse or whatever, like that art house film he made. But I love, I love all the Tarant- all the other Tarantino movies I've watched. Like, have you, did you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, not yet. Okay. Very good. I, I watched it twice in theaters. I loved it. But I also like watching movies. Like, you know, like... Not just like the act of watching a movie, but like actually going to the theater and you know getting, you know getting my seat and all that. I love that, man. Yeah, um, we've we've discussed this in the past. Uh, the You're not big of, on it. I you know. complain about it. Yeah. Um, I'm shooting uh, throwing atonement, the long taken atonement. If you haven't seen the movie, you should watch it. But there's an awesome scene in it where they do it all in one take, and it's mind blowing. Um, it's it's I think the um, Allied retreat um, in World War One yeah. could be two. I don't remember which war atonement takes place in, um, but uh, they're retreating to the coast. It's kind of kind of Dunkirkish, and it just shows the the insanity. Uh, you know what? The war might be over, and they're trying to get home, and so it might be the second one. I don't remember. I see that. Um, but on the subject of history, have you ever heard of the Hardcore History podcast? No. I it's on Plex. Um, if you do nothing else with your life. You need to try to listen to the section of the Hardcore History podcast called Blueprint for Armageddon. It's, I think, the buildup to the First World War or the space between the first and the second. Um, and the podcast dude, is, I think his name's like Dan Carr, he does this amazing job of doing like this overview of the geopolitical situation and then zooming in on these very specific events and giving you a, like a non-historian's take on them where he's like kind of comparing them he's giving analogies to the implications of these things that really drive it home and kind of put it in today's uh a focus climate? of what what it, yeah it would mean in today's climate sort of thing and it's it's just amazingly done super interesting they're long ass podcasts so if you need to kill a lot of time they're uh they're good listens i might have to check it out because i have a lot of free time at work 
coming up probably because we're getting out of tax season. Nice. We've, been, we've been really busy, so I'll probably it'll probably slow down soon. But yeah, I would, uh, as far as entertainment goes, I would say listening to the audiobook of uh, Way of Kings by um, uh, Brandon Sanderson. It would be a coin flip between Way of Kings being more entertaining than the hardcore history, at least for me. I would read the book. I, I don't like audio. Oh, well, I'll take it back. There are very few audio books that I like. The Harry Potter ones that are done by uh, Stephen Fry are amazing. Yeah, I think we touched on this last time. Probably. Do you, you listen to a lot of audiobooks? I do, and I think last time I was talk, telling you about the uh, – uh, it's a theater. It's a movie for your mind. The, um, the fully voice-acted audiobooks are really good. I could I could get to those. I think I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. Like, do you just do you do while you're driving? Yeah, uh, driving or working around the house or working in the shop or maybe even playing a game instead of trying to put a movie. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, when I do put a movie on, I mostly listen to it. So this is probably the same thing. You know, like it's yeah. you're processing. You're you're only if you're only listening to the audio, it's it's probably better almost than watching a movie. But yeah, really I. Good. You need to, dude. Once upon a time, you, you, there's so many movies out you need to see. I know you don't have a lot, ton of free time, but yeah, if you do have free time, you don't go see movies. But once upon a time in Hollywood, you've seen Joker, I know. Yep. Uh, and nineteen you nineteen seventeen way more than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You can wait on that to go to DVD. All right, I'll put that at the top of my list. Like you and Tamela both. I mean, I don't know how big she is in the war stuff, but I assume with her being in the military, she she'll like it. Still, I mean, even I don't like war stuff, and I fucking loved it. I think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Okay, I can't give it. I can't give it a better recommendation, like for a movie. You know, like it's fair. It's it's just a it blew it blew me away even even more so the second time because there were like little things that I picked up on like. Some of the stuff they might have been talking about. Uh, there's a lot of attention to detail that they don't that they don't try to shove in your face. That was something that we really appreciated. It like there were some things that if you don't catch it, they're not going to say or the you know show you like, hey, you didn't catch this. Yeah, they're not beating you over the head with it. And I love it. So it's like if you're if you're perceptive and you can kind of catch some things, it just fills the world in a lot better. And with it being World War One. It really shows you how gritty and like gruesome war is. So, yeah, it's very good. But um, I I don't want to say much more because there, there's so many interesting little vignettes um in both of these wars uh that I didn't learn about until I listened to the hardcore history program. But there was this whole uh Japanese unit dedicated to just human experimentation. Almost they were trying to get fleas to um carry illnesses and they would take prisoners of war there or even i think they experimented on their own people but they would breed fleas exposing the viruses and then pretty much just force people to be bitten by fleas um what until the they got fuck? yeah there's aside from some other shit that i i understand that everything we know pretty much about hypothermia came from their human testing and it was uh, the unit's name was like 918 or something obscure like that but some Japanese shit going on. I remember getting into like reading up on chemical warfare and then like uh, kind of what you're talking about. What type of warfare is that called when it's not, it's kind of like behind the scenes, like uh, not espionage or anything like that. I don't know, but it's clandestine, something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
one of my favorite uh things was like you know just like people like i think i think i read something about them researching mosquitoes the same way and try to like split it putting like malaria (laughs) weaponizing all this biological biological thank you that was the word i was looking for actually biological warfare where it's like you you try to take a virus and weaponize it i'm like this is so interesting i'm like humans are so like I think I think it's just like in our DNA, like from way back in like you know the fucking Cro-Magnum days when we're you know whatever like we're still like learning what fire is. It's just programmed into us to like want to like almost fight stuff. I, I don't know. It's weird. No, I, I certainly think it's instinctual to wage war. Like I don't even remember like watching a lot of war movies when I was a kid, but I definitely remember going out in the forest and forming little armies and having sticks and shit and playing oh, yeah. war and cops and robbers and all that stuff. Yep. It's so weird, right? Like it, I, I love thinking about stuff like that where it's like, why are we, why are we like this? Yeah. Why are we like this? What is, what is, what in our, you know, our genetics or DNA is like made us like have this response to something I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like it could also, I'm also curious, like if it was curated that way, you know, just like, I, I think the way, you know, certain beliefs certain traits are selected for. Yeah. Or, or yeah, like kind of, you know, that kind of like that. Yeah. Like in our evolution or, you know, as a, as a humankind, we've, if we, if you tell your kids, you know, our, our generation, something over and over and they believe it, you know, even if there, there's some skepticism uh, there, they a majority of them will believe it. They'll tell the next generation the skepticism g- g- or goes down. Skepticism. Thank you. I know I was saying that wrong. Sorry, uh, everyone listening for butchering that word twice. But uh, so I'm curious, how much is like a cultural memory, kind of yeah. like these uh, stories that we tell or passed down, cultural or oral histories, and then if there is any instinctual like genetic memory that like takes place at a genetic level like i understand some animals have certain instincts from like the second they're out of the womb but how how far does that go yeah and it's it's also like with the world the way the media is today like i always i always think like what if I want to see what someone that grows up with no outside information looks like. And I think there are, there are like tribes in the world, you know, that do grow up without zero outside influence and yet they still wage war against one another. And it's like, so it's gotta be, it's, it's, you know, people point to media for like violence and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like people kill people without any media. I was like, that's not, I definitely think think it helps, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think waging war, um, I mean, we we could lump everything into that one word of war, but there could be tribal disputes, battles. It it really becomes a question of scale, how you, how you define these terms. But I think fighting is, there's, it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah, like, all it's animals come fight. Throughout history, things, things are going to fight. That is an option, you know. What is the other option? Communicating and uh, trying fight, to come bro. to a peace agreement or compromise or something like the other option is to fight. So it's it's going to arise some way somehow, and some 
example of it is going to arise in whatever culture or race or species. But there's something about the way that we feel like as a kid that we organized and, and set objectives that makes it almost instinctual. Interesting way to put it. I, I was thinking more like, it's kind of like how, you know, we are still part of the animal kingdom. You know, we are definitely the most evolved and most of the time we're the most intelligent and we can sit here and think about it, but you take us down to our core. We're not that different from a lot of other, you know, species where we're, you know, we're about fighting, reproducing and caring, like, and continuing the, the existence of our, of our being, you know? Yeah. We're it, still about spreading our genetics. Exactly. It's like at the end of the day, you're going to fight and you're going to fuck. Those are the two things that you're going to do. And, uh, it's it's but interesting. I I wouldn't go so far as to say that that is the pent ultimate or the we're always going to do those things. No, no, just that's true. The default answer a lot of the times. I think we definitely have a lot of higher ideals that you know you're going to see altruism in the animal kingdom, but you're you're going to see it more often in in thinking species like dolphins and us. Yeah, like we have democracy. You know, I don't think any other species has democracy. Where there's like democratic agreements. God, that'd be you know I'd be interested to see that shit. Yeah, like well, I mean, I think there are animals that trade things, you know, or like, you know, there are animals that they don't knowingly have like a democratic agreement, but they have like symbiotic relationships, you know, where yeah. it's like they just coexist around one another, and they, I don't know if they recognize because like recognize requires consciousness, but like they they both get something from the other one, so. They are essentially trading, but they, they may not know that they're trading. It's it's interesting. Like, did we did we touch on consciousness in the last podcast? I have no idea. Probably not. I don't oh, remember God. us talking about it. I got to send you this little book. Um, it's by Sam Harris's wife. It's uh, it's just I think it's just called Unconsciousness or something like that. But uh, have you ever heard of panpsychism? No. All right. Uh, the term comes with a lot of baggage. But the the general concept is, um, I'm assuming from the Latin think, pan being wide, and then yeah, psychism being so, like mind. I'm sure if you threw panpsychism into Google, you get some some really woo woo shit about everything's conscious and DMT goes throughout every living oh. being, and so we're all one network connected consciousness. The Earth is consciousness, and the cloud, yeah. And in the book, it kind of breaks it down. Uh, tries to do away with some of that baggage there might be a better term but the, the kind of the concept they're putting together is that one possibility of a amongst many that they list of uh, origins of consciousness and what what could give rise to the feeling of you know being something what it's like to be you uh, is that all matter has the ability to be conscious and it's just the more complicated the assemblage of matter is that the greater level of consciousness that will arise. Um, so even a chair will have some level of consciousness, but only after a certain complexity is reached that there, that gives rise to experience. Um, so that there becomes something that is, or it becomes like something to be yourself or however you want to describe experience. It's a pretty good little book. Um, I didn't even, I never really knew anything about panpsychism before I picked it up, but I've always been interested. I say always for a while. I've been interested in like what gives rise to, uh, 
our ability to think and what the extent of that is and what's the next level beyond what we have now. Well, it's almost uh, the word. Oh, I can't think of it. Philosophical to a degree. Like, I mean, that's what the great thinkers, you know, were talking about, like the soul, you know, and things like that. Like what, what is it to have a soul? And I think consciousness is typically linked to like, you know, having a soul. Like, oh yeah. What, what I may call consciousness, somebody else might, call the contents of my soul sort of yeah it's it's weird man because like i've always liked uh philosophy and you know just like these these kind of like macro like questions like who like what are we you know stuff like that you know it doesn't like it's it's, it's not purpose yeah i mean it's it's not as specific as like panpsychism but one of it was like what what is the essence of a soul? Like, why, why do we attach like our consciousness or like, you know, our being to this untangible thing, something that we can't see the, the, the concept of a soul. And it's very interesting to, you know, like, you know, it could just be something that we made up in our heads because we want to feel attached to something ethereal, you know, like I could, I could see it being attached or we have a need um, to ascribe some sort of purpose to things. Yeah. So we, that maybe that comes with having a prefrontal cortex or some part of our higher evolved brain or beyond our reptilian brains where it's all, f- uh, fight or flight sort of sensations. It's, yeah. Just responses. We're, we're, yeah. we're doing, you know, pattern recognition and we're trying to understand why things happen. And part of that is, trying to understand the purpose behind something and eventually get to the point where you're extending that same question to yourself. Like, what is my purpose? Yeah. If, if, you know, if I know now why rain falls and I understand the purpose as, as I understand it, um, why it falls, why can't I extend that same level of questioning to myself? It's, it's conversations like these that always make me think like, what is the world going to be like in 10,000 years? Like, you know, like, it, we've we've come so far in like a x amount of time, right? Let's fast forward ten thousand yeah. years. Like, I honestly think cybernetics is going to be the next big shit, uh, the next paradigm shift. So, uh, think of warfare. Like, uh, what are the paradigm shifts in warfare? Everybody starts off with a rock. We hit each other with a rock, then we figure out we can throw the rock, and it's a whole new game then. And then we figure out bows and spears, and we're firing from a distance, and the game changes again. And now we're up to fucking predator drones sitting at my computer bombing you from countries away it's <laughs> it's a whole new playing field and i think once cybernetic comes online and if to listen to the way like the whole elon musk describes it it'll just our brain will be a bootloader for a uh, for a much more advanced program so we will be the processor I, I don't know how to describe or paraphrase badly but we'll just be the launching pad for whatever this ai sense. conscious could yeah. be and it will be a paradigm shift in computing and speed and communication. And I think communication will be the bigger part of that because I feel like we kind of plateaued with, I mean, we had the phones and then we got into texting and now we have email, but you're, you're limited by the speed at which you can comprehend shit. And if I can just straight up Jack into your brain, Johnny Mononic style and download a bunch of information, you suddenly know Kung Fu a la matrix I think that's that's going to be the next paradigm shift. Well, there's that. There's also, have you seen the movie Arrival? Yes. 
that movie blew my mind. Like, I love that movie. And it made me, it made me think of like how much, like kind of back to go back to the war thing and the, you know, the fighting, how much of this is because of like a communication barrier or miscommunication, you know, like yeah. if we could all talk in a universal language or just portray an emotion, like you could, you could feel how I feel about something. Like I can make you, I could show you how I feel about this thing and you get to experience it with me. How much of the world's problems would that solve? And it's, 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 it's interesting. Like, yeah, and I, I know what you're talking about the Elon Musk thing because I actually have been reading a lot of this stuff lately. I, I, I think he's, there's a specific video where he talks about AI and just how much crazier it actually is than most people think. Like, you know, people see like oh, the yeah. robot dog pushing up doors with like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not shit. Like, <laughs> So it's, it's almost like we take a step forward and two steps back with the whole communication thing with email, because you and I are coming over voice and that's it. We don't, we can't see each other and it's like 50% to 80% of all communication is nonverbal. So you don't see me gesticulating. You don't see me glancing up into the right as I try to formulate an idea or looking down into the left as I try to remember an idea. Um, you're not getting all these nonverbal cues. So I have to be very explicit in, in the way that I describe things to communicate effectively. So there's all this information that's lost and you and I speak the same fucking language. So and I have to respond. I have to go like, I just, that mm-hmm thing, I have to do that instead of shaking my head up and down. Yeah. It, so if the whole world could get on the same page language wise, maybe that would help out, but we're still taking a step back with this, you know, not being face to face. And if we could get the whole cybernet, if you, if I could just download perfect understanding to you and you back to me, that would be, yeah. I think that would solve a lot of problems. It, and then, and this might be radical, a little radical, but absolutely no lying, which I think would be amazing. Oh, yeah. You couldn't lie then. I mean, I could see there being a way to falsify. Like, you could lie to yourself or convince yourself. You'd have to convince yourself true. that, yeah, you'd have to convince yourself that what you're saying is true. Otherwise, you would have my understanding of the falsehood God as well. Help. So. So things could get quite interesting there. I mean, no lying. But, the thing is, is like lying is an interesting one because I would say lying overall is bad. But I mean, but it's too easy to I, make up a situation where it's. Do I look fat in this pants? Good. You know, yeah. it's like you're, you're hiding the the Jews in your basement. And the Nazis come knocking. Yes, it is the moral good to lie in that yes, instance. Exactly. But, but the, 90 percent of the time, it's yes. That's a, that's a great example, actually. You're only prolonging suffering or kicking the can down the road. Speaking of which, spoiler alert for anyone, just if, I don't know how recently this movie came out, I watched Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. I was very unentertained with that. What? I don't know what it was, man. Like, I, I think it was because, like, the movie was exactly what I thought it was about. Oh, really? I, I... You know, it was completely different than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah, I thought this little kid was going to be some sort of action hero and, you know, he's going to be blowing shit up. I just barely glimpsed the trailer. I didn't pay enough attention. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of action in the trailer, so I was yeah, – I misunderstood it. Yeah, it, and it wasn't that it was bad. It was it was a great message. I, you know, who's, you know what, who I loved the most in it? 
uh, the, his little friend. Please tell me his little no. friend. The, the little <laughs> friend was funny. In cardboard <laughs> uniform. <laughs> he was fucking hilarious, yes. It's like, how are you still alive? Yeah, weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he was funny. But honestly, the character I like identified with the most where I was like, yo, respect was Sam Rockwell, bro. Uh, which is... oh, He was the general, is... the German general. Yes. Hell yeah, that At dude the was end, awesome. when he's like... What are you, a fucking get Jew? Little, yeah, he fucking. Get away, little Jew I was like, yo, and like, I think he dies right after that. I think they shoot him. Yeah, yep. I was like, he bro. got him out of the firing line, man. I was like, that's like you. That's you just redeemed your. You redeemed yourself, and you're a Nazi. Too. Yeah, you're a Nazi. You just redeemed yourself, like. Wow, like okay, man. I don't know if it levels the scales for me. Sure, uh, I yeah. Don't I don't know what other atrocities he committed. I'm but, saying like uh, it, we didn't see him do much, you know. Like he yeah. was more of like a propaganda guy, I think. Which you yeah. know, what a, you can say that's terrible, and like yeah, he's probably a bad guy. But like I think it, within the the scale of the movie, the time the movie had ran, yeah, he he redeemed. Scale, yeah. yeah, he redeemed himself as as a character, and Dude, the. The the not so subtle gay vibes between him and <laughs> Ramsey Bolton. Holy yeah. shit. I I well I think the whole thing was like it was obviously making fun of like, you know, white supremacy and the current culture, you know, behind like white privilege along with, you know, I think the whole just the climate in America or just the world probably, because Taiki Taika Watiti is not American even though he probably spends a lot of time here. And then that plus, I think like just, just a general bigotry, like, you know, homophobia, like you were saying, I think it was just, it was showing you like, I I love that type of humor where it's like, you're going to make fun of them for kind of like being gay, but it's like, it's funny because they're, they're being, it's like they're bigoted in that sense. It was, you're not making fun of gayness. You're making fun of like people who are actually bigoted and think that it's, super weird and like you know ooh, and that's that's what i loved about it it was like these guys are stupid <laughs> essentially yeah and that's that's what i really liked about it i really liked uh how nonchalant um fat amy's character was i just call her fat amy because i don't rebel wilson is her name in real life okay uh the she was the german woman the bigger german woman yep i remember yeah, and she was just like nonchalant like saying like I forget. She said something where she like, should we just kill them? And I was like, yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's how Nazis probably were. We're just like, should we just kill them? Nope. It's, it reminded oh. me a lot of uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Blazing Saddles is another great one. People are like, you can't watch that movie. It's racist. I'm like, it's not no, fucking it's racist. Not. It, the, the main characters, the, the people you're supposed to aspire to are, are calling all the racist people. Uh, what does he say? Oh, these are salt of the earth. You know? Yeah idiots no he says morons it's like it's spelled out for you yeah it's it's literally it's like yeah it's i think people also just i don't know man but you know what i have to allow for that i'm missing something that there's some undertone here just just like the whole thing that like the birds of prey movie doesn't appeal to me or some of these other like the whole ghostbusters one there's probably something i'm missing about myself well, where I'm incorrect and I'm just ignorant about it. And I just, I cannot, it's an unknown unknown. I can't put my finger on it, but I've talked about this with my friends a few times. I don't think I've ever talked about this on my podcast or, uh, on my stream. If I have an idea about something that is not, that I'm not inherently part of, 
like whether it be like black culture or gay culture or whatever it may be which are the two biggest cultures i'm a part of that and i'm not, I'm not gay but like that i i am i am in those cultures somewhat that if i find something you know within those things that i don't understand or that i have an idea on i don't voice them loudly because me and you both share this we are both straight white males this you know cisgendered males like heteronormative well you know what i'm saying like like on, on of that communication thing there's there's just certain things that i'm not going to understand well that plus like i i do believe white privilege exists you know not every white person experiences it obviously but i think having i've always seen, seen the world through my my eyes you know yeah i can't just biases included. Yeah, i can't see the world through a, a black guy's eyes or you know whatever a gay person's eyes because i'm not that way so and it is kind of what you kind of what you were saying if i could if someone could portray that to me think do you think how like racism and like you know uh homophobia and all that would hopefully just disappear unless someone was just blatantly ignorant about it i don't know how that would work but i don't even think we need to get to the point of empathy like you wouldn't even have to portray or communicate those struggles to me you would it would just be the realization for some people that they're how similar these other people are that they're doing and once you get to that point once you realize that these are not these big bad evil things that you think they are then yeah you wouldn't even need to get to the empathy point yeah but like uh, to finish my point I sometimes won't view or I won't voice my opinion at, you know, as I normally would, because out of, out of the fear of being ignorant, you know, I don't, I don't want to come off like an idiot, you know, where it's like, I'm going to say some stupid shit or say, state my opinion, look dumb, you know, because I'm not part of that culture. You know, I'm not, I don't get, I get treated a certain way because of who I am. You know, I don't get, I don't get bullied for being gay or, you know, I don't, I don't get stopped by cops and some white stuff like that. And I, you know, I have people tell me those things that happen and, uh, it's, it's hard because sometimes I'm like, there's that question, like, does your opinion matter as much as someone else's on those, on those matters, you know, like, you know, whether, what, whatever it may be, like, does my opinion matter as much as I am the most privileged quote unquote person? Or, you know, I, I fall into that category. I think it would be a logical fallacy to say that truth can only come from certain sources. So you're saying, logically, it doesn't make sense, or it would be wrong to say that only gay people could speak on, like, you know, gay thing. Yeah, I, I'm not gay, but I could be correct about an idea on accident that is true i think the issue that i see with it logically is that i do think my opinion matters i don't think it matters as much just because i don't think you're representing an experience though like you you might have an opinion but it's going to be you know you have an external point of view your opinion is not a we we could the scalpel that we're drawing here is getting to be a quite a fine line between an opinion and a communicated experience. That's true. 
Like that, you can have fair. an opinion on gay marriage, uh, but you're not going to have the experience of being gay married. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And there is a fine line, but there, I, I, I think what you're saying. Yeah, I guess uh, it, we're, we're, we're splitting some really fine hairs here. I, I would say that if you were trying to guess what it is, what the experience of racism or the experience of homophobia is, if you were like, Hey, just think how they feel, then yes, you're not going to communicate that as well as somebody that's had that experience. That's, that seems obvious. But if you communicate the opinion that anybody should be allowed to get married, um, you are correct. And you are correct just as much as anybody else that would voice that same opinion. So that's kind of a statement of a fact versus a statement of an experience. That's a good point. I, and let me caveat by saying I, when I feel as uncomfortable as you do um, stating these types of opinion, I'm, I'm going to throw those caveats out there. And if somebody doesn't, uh, I don't know, doesn't respond appropriately or doesn't res- respond with patience, as much patience as I would show them, then I, I don't know if we have time for each other. That's true. I think, again, this goes back to you know, I wish we could just share, like, imagine if someone could just share that experience with you instantly. <laughs> that would be, it would make the world... A paradigm shift in communication. I'm just, I'm trying to run all that through my head because the whole opinion versus shared experience thing is, is very fine. And I guess also it's, it goes both ways because, you know, they, they have a, an experience about, you know, whatever, who whatever the issue or, you know, group of you know, minority, the minority might be, it's, you have an experience about something, but it's like, I also have experiences in my life where, you know, maybe I can give you a better insight into something. I don't know. I, well, there is that whole idea of like cross training. Like, uh, you'll, you'll have people that will break outside their comfort zone. They're, they're an expert in some field, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Einstein was working on relativity, took a break, invented some other crazy thing and then came back and finished relativity. Just that cross training, cross flow of information, experiencing a different discipline is going to give you different insights like a uh, football players taking ballet. Yes. And it's, it's interesting because I've tried to expose myself to things that I don't like more, like especially politically to kind of get that shared experience and kind of, you the world through their eyes you know just to better understand just people that i you know will disagree with and stuff like that but also like i remember like i've told like jokes and stuff where like looking back on it i'm like yeah i probably shouldn't have said that and that's not even like me fast it to like today's standards it was like i probably shouldn't have said that ever <laughs> uh but yeah it's I'm kind of fall with bill burr on the whole humor thing like it's it's all funny or nothing's funny i oh 100 percent. i don't think i don't i don't think when when it comes to comedy if you can tell a good joke anything can be funny it's when you tell a a joke that no one laughs at where it's like you look stupid yeah that you look you look dumb and And i've been there for everything you exactly shouldn't cause it uh, more pain and suffering for somebody that's grieving, but at the same time, uh, like, you know, you given to, time, you know, all tragedy becomes common. Yeah, like on on a stage, like a comedian, 
yeah, no one should go to a comedy show and be like, you shouldn't say that. I think you're one of the dumbest people in the world. Like, don't yeah, ever, don't, don't go to a comedy show if you're going to say that. Yeah, if you're, you're vulnerable to something, maybe you should take some time off. I also, I've also seen people like argue, like, you shouldn't make jokes about things like rape, murder, you know, the Holocaust, uh, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, sure, you shouldn't say, haha, that's funny about those things in a vacuum. But a great comedian can write a good joke about those and they'd be hilarious. And a bad comedian can make a joke about divorce and make someone like really depressed. You know, it's like, it's like if I go to a comedy show and like I just broke up my girlfriend and you joke, you make a joke about like relationships and breaking up, like I'm going to feel that more painful than, you know, a murder joke or, you know, whatever it may be, like a killing a baby joke because I don't have a baby, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can internalize any type of thing. Like, obviously, those other like rape is pretty high up there on bad shit that happens in the world. But the thing is, is like also, you can argue. I I, I will argue till I die that comedy can make people laugh about bad things that happen in their life to turn a negative into a positive. Yeah, to like, relieve some pressure. Like, comedians legit go to fucking hospitals and tell cancer jokes to kids with cancer and make them laugh because guess what? Everyone, everyone, I mean, like, everyone wants to laugh, dude. There's, and, there's not a position that you can adopt that somebody can adopt a parallel but opposite position that makes yours seem absurd. You're, you're going to find there's humor in all things. There's appropriate times. Um, but I can also play the devil's advocate in our conversation and say that making jokes or making a light of something could give dumb people the wrong idea. And dumb true. people will think, oh, it's normal to make jokes about these people or, oh, it's it's these are a laughable stereotype. And that's just because they're dumb. And I don't know where I fall on accounting for that. Like. Maybe we just get rid of the dumb people and then we can all laugh about things together. But I I'd love that. I, I used to have a very radical opinion on something. I do not think this anymore for anyone listening, but I used to have a very radical viewpoint. And, and looking back on it, I, I know why I had it. And there is some logic to it, I think, but it's definitely not a good argument. I used to, I used to think, right? Used to. Keywords here, guys. Don't, don't kill me that people should have to take an IQ test and get a license to be able to reproduce. Oh, yeah. I'm on board here. Well, I do think, I don't know, there's like, there's the part of it that I really like is because I don't think dumb people should be allowed to raise kids. And I say that in the sense of like, not because they're dumb, but because I guess, fast forward, what I meant, what that statement should be is, I don't think bad parents should be allowed to have kids. Because I, I have great parents. And when I hear people tell me about their shitty parents, I'm like, Jesus, man, your life, is, your life has been shit up till now until you, you, know, you grew up and learned how to like, take care of yourself. And it's like, why should anyone have to be go through that just because these idiots had a kid? But you also get people that are amazing out of, you know, out of stuff like that, you know, they, they turn out to be perfect humans or you're not perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they turn out to be good human beings, good people. They have those adverse experiences growing up and they overcome and yeah. succeed. And they're, they're a thousand times better than my lame ass because what if I had to overcome? Exactly. Well, I mean, 
honestly there is there there actually is something there's a theory about that like if you don't have to overcome adversity like you become you become like complacent and yeah. it yeah i kind of like where our species is now that we've thought our way out of the food chain now we don't have to compete <laughs> for food and now it's all fucking just plateaued <laughs> and occasionally we'll dip down below the survivability line and somebody will win a darwin award and, fast you know, forward to in front of a Fast forward to Wally, and that's what the world is like. Yes. Oh my god. But no, man. Like I don't know. Like I see bad parents all the time. I mean, I've lived near them. Like I like literally across my street. I've seen a mom who was around once a once a week. You know, her basically the grandma of the kids would raise the kids, or sorry, great grandma would raise the kids. Uh, and the mom would come around once a week, and like I've seen her beat her kids. You know, I'm just like Jesus. You should not. You shouldn't be able, and like, and then you see these dumb people who have six fucking kids. They don't take care of them. Yeah, they don't have the resources to <sighs> adequately. Yeah, I'm like, if you want to have six kids and you can pay for them all, like I have, I have friends, you know, that have, I have a, I have a good friend of mine that has, I think they have five kids now, but they and they take care of them. They're not like, you know, dirty or you know whatever. Like they're not. It's like I don't know. Also, I think birth control should be free. And we should tell people to take it and you know condoms should be free and tell people to use them but that's the downside of that is the smart people are going to use the birth control <laughs> well it's the opposite of what you just said you wanted or you used to want well uh yeah i don't know man <laughs> i'm basically explaining the brave uh, uh brave new world i don't know if you've read that book uh but uh, i don't think so they basically create a utopia where they you know they use uh eugenics to create like perfect humans and everyone's basically curated from the moment like they're a cell like a like they're a living organism they're curated and their whole life is kind of like i think this this is this is all from memory i read this movie when I, or read this book when i was in, like 10th grade and i think like there's you know there's no disease it's a, it's a utopia it's perfect well then it you know it shows the the downsides of like what what this has led to like yeah everyone's perfect but everyone's also kind of the same and it's boring as fuck. And like, it's, it's like, it's like the world's gray. There's no life. And it was, it was, I need to reread it. Cause I, I really loved the concept of it. Um, but yeah, that was a really radical view. I used to have, I don't believe that anymore. I do believe that we need to stop reproducing as a, as a population because we're going to fucking kill this earth that much quicker. Have you ever uh, seen the YouTube series? I think it's YouTube. Um, it could just be called Minute Minutes to Midnight or something like that. It's just kind of about exponential growth of populations. I think the some professor in some math course that's teaching, and uh, he's talking about, hey, um, I'm going to paraphrase terribly here, but uh, kind of like imagine a jar, and it's slowly filling up with some organism. And at 50% full, um, it's reproducing, you know, its population of like twenty percent every given time. Increment or some shit yeah. like that, yeah. So at at what point does it realize it's in danger? Because at fifty percent full, it's like, hey, I I can get twice as big. Um, but really, it's only, you know, I've been around for this long, so I could get twice as big. Uh, being bad at math, you might think you have twice as long to keep reproducing, but you really have, you know. 25% or 10% is long and I'll have to send you the uh the explanation it's quite scary um 
but it's kind of what's happened to us as a as a as a race. Yeah, we're well, man. I feel I feel weird about this question because there's huge parts of this world that you know it's very unpopulated per square foot. Yeah, or per square mile. There's not that many people. Living, just the middle so of could, the middle of the U.S. <laughs> yeah, we could stack a ton more people on this freaking planet. I don't know if the resources would hold it, but just the pure land mass alone, we got plenty. We can make yeah. more islands too. But I don't think it, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, space that we're, we're using of. our resources wisely. Yeah, that too. I mean, I, I I remember looking up the moral arguments against eugenics. It's been a long time. I can't think of them now, um, but it sounds like that Brave New World does give a good argument against. Um, but yeah, it, and I think people, you know, when they you hear eugenics, you think Nazis and their whole uh, yeah. blonde hair, blue eye type program, and you're like, well, maybe a little less severe than what they're talking about. Maybe not kill everybody you don't like, but maybe just put you know, some controls in place for the betterment of everybody. Yeah. It's like, it's gotta be a moral way to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of shitty. Well, I also, it's also like, I have a, I, I still hold this belief to be true. Like certain people just shouldn't try to have kids, not in the sense of like, they shouldn't be parents, but like, I've known some people that have to spend thousands of dollars to try to birth a child. And I'm like, just adopt. I, I, I've never understood the... I'm also a man. You know, I'm not a woman. I'm not going to actually yeah. birth this child. But I'm like, I get it. You want to physically, you know, reproduce. And like, you want to grow this human being inside of you. But I, I, I mean, for me, a man, I, I, I see almost no difference between having sex and having a kid and going and adopting a kid. Like, it's it's such a small blip in the overall life but i understand it's an important experience for some people yeah. to have it's like nine months of you know 3d printing this baby inside of you there's some some things that come with that that i'm, I'm sure are worthwhile and, and form a great experience but I, I understand where you're coming from where adoption seems just as good of an alternative yeah well i'm saying like especially for the people that like it's like, oh, yeah, you realize that, you know, your husband has a low sperm count or, like, you have, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know what it is for women, but there's something that is causing you guys not to physically be able to have a child. So instead of you pumping your funds into that, go adopt a kid. I know that's, I know it's not as easy as I'm saying it is, but maybe that should be, like, a way more seems like the more altruistic option yeah i mean especially well especially for taking care of an unwanted child you get a child and you're but to do that you're foregoing you know an experience that you could otherwise yeah might be a little less fulfilling for you but yeah seems like the uh it seems like the peak of the moral choice there have have you ever um god it's another book i can't remember the author it's moral landscape but instead of viewing morality on like this sliding scale or spectrum or dichotomy think of it more like a 3d valley of uh dips and peaks and uh you may never be able to judge something as more morally correct than something else but you can generally judge when something is higher on a peak you know closer to an ideal than down in a valley and something unideal interesting yeah it seems to me that you know adoption foregoing um you know foregoing that fulfilling experience for yourself to take care of an unwanted child seems to be the more morally correct choice um instead of bringing an additional child into this world but exactly i 
it also it solves multiple problems like you get the child you wanted you know this child gets a home we it helps against overpopulation i don't know it's just like I, it's not that simple i'm 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 oversimplifying it and you know i apologize to anyone that you know you've had problems with that it's not it's not what i'm trying to say like just fucking give up you know that's not it at all because like i said i don't have any kids and you you have a kid but like i don't have any kids you know and if when i meet the right person and like we talk about kids i don't think i will care at all if we adopt or you know go the old school route of like just popping one out but like it, it for me it would make a difference and I, i've done this thing a lot where like i hold an opinion and i just think like if that's the right opinion you know which which is a oxymoron i thought it so it must be true yes it's like why don't you think like this like this is this seems to be the only way to think about this issue and i'm I, sure there's there's things that we're just not going to consider the cultural variables in play here um there's just some unknowns unknowns that we're probably not considering yeah it's tough though man like again kind of back to the comedy thing <laughs> like someone makes a joke about i mean daniel tosh only has a joke about people who use like all these like reproduction drugs he's like that's just god's way of telling you that you shouldn't have kids and it's Damn. it's 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 funny when daniel tosh does it but like if i did that joke you know and tried to do it to like if i made that joke to someone that literally had that problem I'd be an asshole. I, it wouldn't be that it's comedy, you know. I, I'd just be an asshole for saying that to that person. Like if I knew they had that issue, you know. It, yeah. It's. It, but you don't turn on Daniel Tosh. Exactly. People are going to tune into you expecting a little bit more wholesome. Uh, they're going to turn into tune into Daniel Tosh to see people get ripped apart. Oh, I wasn't even talking about like on my stream. Yeah, I was. I was just saying like in person. <laughs> but know? uh, Anthony Jesselnik, I think is his name. He's like. I love Anthony Justin. He's way oh, darker. God, love his first stand-up was hilarious. I think his second stand-up was terrible. I, I don't think I've seen the second one. The first one, just don't watch it. It's not. It's not nearly as good. No, you know, like that's not. I hate when people do that. Like, but like in my opinion, I did not like it as much as this first one. Granted, I think he's also. I don't want to say a one-trick pony because I think he's very intelligent, and I don't know. I. I it, he's got a. He's, he's I could see the. I could see the. Time. I could see the punchlines. I was literally thinking the punchlines in the second special before he said uh, them, because it's like you're always. You're, like I know how you think, man. Like he. Like he has one of two jokes. One, he's just gonna say the dark shit and it's funny, right? Or he's gonna make you think he's gonna say the dark shit and then say something different and that's funny. And the, the, that's like the, those are like the structures of his two jokes. It's still witty in his writing and the way he does it. And like it's still the shock value still there, but the first one was way better. I don't know, like he does that joke where he's like, uh, saw a kid, uh, you know, in a like, in a hot uh, like, saw a kid with the windows rolled up, or, or I saw a kid in a car today, and he's like, uh, he's like, I threw a rock through the window. He's like, window was down, and like, so he's he be, I forget the joke. I, like that was a terrible rendition, but like basically saying he threw he hit this toddler in the face with a fucking rock and i was it's one of the funniest jokes he has on the special and uh yeah it was i mean he opens with a dead baby joke like yeah. maybe maybe daniel tosh is better in that regard because his brand of humor is going to be kind of more refreshing because he does that whole 
just gets more obscure as yes. it goes along. I and if you love can follow that. that train, it's even. I remember in his first stand up I watched, I think it's called a Completely Serious Daniel Tosh. He's like, one guy. He's like, one guy got that joke. He's like, he's like, that joke had everything. Pterodactyls, Home Depot. I was just talking about we needed to change those light structures the other day. I was like, that was, that's perfect because of that. It's hilarious. I also think Daniel Tosh is a way better writer. I think, I think Daniel Tosh is honestly one of the best comedians, like, of the era. Like him, Dave Chappelle are, I think, two of the smartest, like, comedians out. I I am not a fan of Dave Chappelle's new shit. I tried to give it a chance. I think I tried to give it a second chance and still didn't. I think really you gave it a second it. chance because of me. I love it. I think I think he's a, a genius. Maybe maybe I in the say, future I'll appreciate it. I will say one of them wasn't even like a comedy stand up. It was just, it was basically just like it was basically just like a PR not PR but like it was basically just like a, a speech on like PC culture. Okay. That was funny. And that one isn't really as much of a comedy, but like the one where he's in the green jumpsuit is like, I think, I think that's the really the best one out of his new stuff. And he's doing another one soon. Um, and I, I also think like overall, like not just his new stuff, but like his old, his old stand up, there's first one when he was really young where he's in DC and then Chappelle show, like, easily like makes him a like in the hall of fame you know yeah um but yeah daniel i think daniel tosh i think i i actually enjoy him more consistently almost i think i laugh more at daniel tosh i think dave Chappelle has gotten to that point because he's kind of older you know he's i think he's in his i think he's almost i think he's in his mid 50s i think but like uh he's he's more to the age where he's also a black guy you know it, he's not he's not daniel tosh like they're, they're two different comedian styles. Like Dave Chappelle points out a lot of things. I remember one of the, one of the realizations Dave Chappelle, like he kills this uh, comparison. He talks about, he compares transgendered people to black people. Right. And he okay. says, he, he says one thing that annoyed him about transgendered people was that they basically like demanded rights. And he's like, this is black. He's like, black people have been fighting for these, like for the last, you know, whatever, hundreds of years, whatever. And he's like, and they got they got rights way quicker than we did. And he's like, he says something along the lines of, and, and you know, sorry if I'm misquoting guys, but it, he basically says the reason that they were able to obtain those rights so easily is because of white privilege and because white men want to be transgendered. Damn. And I was like, yo, I, I like I I I've watched that stand up. I watched all of his new stuff twice, and that 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 it's a I mean it is a joke but it's also like I said it's also kind of like a speech kind of I'm like I can't find anything wrong with what he just said like it is insane you know I think trans people and black people should, you know all, everyone should be equal right like, like but it is just to make that comparison and see the the quickness that transgender people like obtained all these rights and you know and and they still I mean they're still not equal obviously but like the the momentous that you know mem, uh impetus no 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 uh the momentum they gained and like they basically skyrocketed they you know it was, it's been a crazy gain in in you know inequality compared to like black people where they've had to yes. like you know tooth and nail fight for every inch 
I also feel like, you know, the sins of the past have, you know, paved the future. That's and true. We've, we've kind of getting our shit together as a society. It's, so it's easier. Yeah. It's, it's opening the doors for these situations that we, you know, a hundred years ago, who would get their ass kicked quicker? I don't know, man. Um, it's hard to say. I think it, it's just something that I really like that Dave Chappelle does is like, he points out like these little things, you know, and, and social commentary. Yeah. Social commentary along with humor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Daniel Tosh is going to go down on the hall of fame. I need him to release another standup. Cause I don't think he's released one since 2015. It might also be like access to information is also going to play a part in that not only have we learned from the past but we can we can get messages across faster i think i think i saw the statistic like uh people that transition have like it's some crazy number they're less likely to commit suicide like suicide rates of people that don't transition or can't transition or something like that it was super yeah. high I, I mean this is a small subset of our population so i don't, I don't know what where they're getting all these numbers from but at post transition the suicide numbers go drastically down so it's it seems to be easier for people to understand based on those um types of numbers that you hear so it might just be an information access thing interesting also dave chappelle like, is 46 i thought he was white okay i, I might not understand everything that goes into being transgendered, but you see the effects it has on the population once people are allowed to live how they want. And it yeah. obviously seems like a good thing because they're killing themselves a lot less. Often. That's so true, I might, man. I might not understand everything that goes into it, but I understand the net effect. Um, and that information gets out there. Very interesting to think of like, again, this back to the communication thing we talked about, this whole podcast, like transgender people would be another one where it's like, you know, cause I, I, I personally don't know anyone that is, that is a transgender person, but it would be interesting to like be able just to see the world through their eyes, you know, and understand it. And like, you know, like you said, empathize and get to get to be able to feel what it's like just to gain better perspective and yeah, understanding. Like I, I see the words, like I, I, I get the idea, of the whole like i feel like an ex trapped in a wise body like i hear that and i'm like i have no idea what that feels like i can't even begin to wrap like, my head around it because it's guesses but they're gonna be wrong like yeah. i have no idea what it's like what that's like now if someone try and, and this is this is gonna sound really ignorant but i don't care if someone tries to tell me that they feel like a cat i i can't get behind that i'm like yeah, that's that's a little rough I, i've i've talked with my friends about this i'm like I get, you know, biologically, like, your brain, I really feel like you could be born, you know, in whatever body and feel like a different thing. That's totally understandable. Like, but you're still a human at that point. <laughs> when you try to get, when you try to cross the line and try to tell me you don't feel like a human anymore. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tad. Age 60 attack helicopter. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm a little standoffish on that because I'm like. I get, you know, if you're just a different human, like, 
two things that I don't I don't agree with. Like I said, if you feel like an animal and you, like like I didn't like I identify as a, a cat or like a you know a real life gorilla, it's like you're not though. Like you can't you physically and you literally could never be that. Also, I, go ahead. I hope that they. I mean, if we're in the wrong, like a hundred years retrospective, you and I listen yeah. back on this conversation and we realize some shit. I hope people are patient with us, just because it's it seems outlandish based on our limited experience. True, but just in the moment, it just seems like that shit is beyond understanding. It seems to me that it is a a wish and not a reality. Like I yes. could wish to be something. Um, and there's an attractive aspect to being something else. Like I get that. I can understand that, but it being a biological or a, and I don't the, know where you base this out of, but it being a fact that you yes, are a cat trapped yes. in a man's body. That, that's that's where little, I, that's, that's where I stretch. draw the line. And this is not anything about furries or anything like that. Those, those are humans that dress up like animals. And that, you know, while they're in, while they're in those outfits, they, they do that. They still realize that they're humans, you know. Like I don't know. I think there's some overlapping. I think when they're in costume, here. I think when they're when they're in costume, they realize that, you know, they, they identify as that animal. But I think outside of the costume, they're st- they still realize that they're a human. It's just like when you're when you're cosplaying, and that's how I view it. Is like it's like a cosplay. You're larping. I mean, essentially, yeah. It's when someone like that is not in costume, not like they're like, I am a cat. I'm like, no, you're crazy. Have you ever heard of the term headspace? I mean, I've heard the term used. I, I'm curious so, what context you're going to use it in. So I'm, I under, like, oh God, um, where to take this? So there is, you can put yourself in a particular um, emotion, point of view, feeling, headspace. I, I don't know what the correct synonyms are here um, that makes you more comfortable um, or that makes you feel a way that you want to feel. In in most contexts, I see this in a sexual context, like uh, if like like the fifty grades of fifty shades of gray thing, where there's one that's dominant, one that's submissive, and that is the headspace or the role that they want to play, um, and that makes them more comfortable or plays into their sex life somehow. Like like that, I can kind of wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't draw a line from A to B. I can't draw a straight line between wanting to be some dude in a fursuit and getting in some correct headspace. But that may be the closest to the truth. Well, so again, this is kind of back to the communication thing. Like, I've never had the desire to be in a fursuit or anything like that. I don't think. From what I have, the information I have gathered on, you know, people that are in that community, to me, it doesn't feel like, it's kind of like, to me, I kind of almost see it as like drag queens. Like, drag queens are gay men who dress up like women, right? They don't actually think they're women, but while they're in drag, they identify as women. It's, you know, and outside of drag, they're not like, oh, I'm a woman. Same thing with furries, you know, they dress up like a dog or a cat or whatever it may be. And while they're in that suit or they have that identity on, they are that thing, you know, for that time. But they still realize that they're, they are who they are outside of it. Whereas, 
So I want to I want to throw a lot before a wrench in this and say we'll just bring up the term compartmentalization. So I, mm-hmm. I agree that some people will assume these identities. Well, it's probably terrible verbiage um, for what is actually happening. Uh, but you no, do have drag queens dress up, identify as women for that time period. But I also think that the opposite is true. And some people believe they are these things all the time. At least that's what the internet tells me. And like, I think they're called other kin. And then yeah. like, I'm a dragon in real life sort of people. Those are the people I'm talking about that I just can't, I can't, I don't even want to try to wrap my head around it because I'm like, I, I don't think you're in any any remote sense you're correct in what you're thinking you know well, it it seems like harmless fun um sure yeah i don't one, i don't know dragons where dragons aren't real hey bro you can't tell me how how to live my life like i don't know man it's like the people that want to dress up like fucking babies and be treated like a toddler all the time oh god that's another one of those it's headspace like, things that like no 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 if you want to do it if you want to do it when you have sex like and you're like oh treat me like a child that's kind of that's, that's fucking weird fucking weird man. it's that's fucking right. out that's, there that's walking a line but like if you know you go to work every day and you know you have a job and like your normal dave you know fucking nine to five you know whatever and you know you you're still a full functioning human but when you know to like get your jollies off you have to act like a kid like, yeah you're still pretty fucked up probably but you're you you don't think you're an actual child yeah, I, I, like, I think that one would be compartmentalized. Yeah, and like, again, you're, you're yeah, not that person all the. Time. And again, and, this all goes back to this. Everyone take this with a grain of salt. Like, this is just talking through things. Me and J- me and Jake are not part of any of these communities. So while Jake might like to be treated like a child when he has sex, I don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the dragon. Oh, okay. If I get to pick. <laughs> Oh my god! Just think bro. about it, man. I just put a bunch of gold coins all over my bed. Tam, Tam comes home, and I'm like lying on top of this <laughs> hoard. You've been drinking Fireball all day. Yeah, welcome to my lair. <laughs> Roll for initiative. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Oh, I rolled a one. Did I fumble? <laughs> it just leaves. <laughs> oh my god. There's so much more there. Anyways, There's a lot to unpack there. Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the like the whole baby thing freaks me out. Like, because there's that line. Because immediately your mind goes to, if you're participating in one part of this, are you some form of pedophile, or is this just some sort of regressive headspace in which you feel comfortable? And you're not hurting anybody, and you're doing this all behind closed well, doors, and and there's no damage. Exactly. That's anybody. that's the thing. It's like. If you want to be weird, do it do it inside your house, you know, if someone else is participating and they're consenting to it, go for it. You guys do all the weird shit you want. But if you like oh, uh I saw something else recently where like this guy went on a TV show and like was talking about like outing himself to the world about like his like work where like he he likes to wear a diaper and you know get changed and all that shit. I'm like no. Like yeah, well. I mean depends on what he's paying well no my thing is like do that in your private life like you went on tv oh, and told yeah. everybody now your co-workers are gonna know that and they're not gonna like you <laughs> like you know they're gonna know you're fucking crazy 
not crazy, you know, yeah. not to say crazy, but they're going to know you're super weird. Yeah. Are you willing to suffer the fallout of not, you know, and it's like <sighs> adhering to social norms? It's kind of like the, the, the con of the communication thing you were talking about where we couldn't lie. It's like, what if you accidentally, oh, yeah. what if you accidentally overshare? And it's yeah, like, how much do you really want to know yeah, about me? It's like, you know, I've had drunk people ask me like what my sexual, uh, like kinks are. And I'm like, I'm like, ha ha ha. You know, I'm not going to tell you obviously because you're drunk one and I'm not two. Like number three, you go fuck yourself. What's well, it's like, yeah, it's like, that's, I mean, we're not having sex right now. <laughs> like, you know, if, if we, it's, it's so interesting. Like the, where lying actually comes in handy, but I don't uh, know, man. Maybe with this, you know, cybernetics paradigm shift, global communication, this whole social correction aspect will come back online. It won't be so much about bullying. It'll be about your desire to be part of a group will outweigh your desire to be a dragon. Like you don't want to be excommunicated from whatever the norm is. Not saying the norm is the best thing. Yeah. You will, you will learn to um, censor yourself um, in ways that it seems like people aren't censoring themselves. And I will, I will also, I'd like to point out that most of these things that we're talking about are so they're, they're, they're an infant of an idea, right? Like other kin, you know, furries, all this, all these things, they're fairly new to the world. Yeah. And they're subsets of subsets of the population. Yes. Things like microcosms. So there's when, weirder shit out there that we don't even know about. Well, right? well there's, Oh God. When there's that, but there's two baby dragons, I also want to express that like people having adverse feelings to them aren't, it's not like, don't don't cancel those people like you know don't 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 do that shit i hate i hate cancel culture more than i hate weird people if that makes sense like not i don't even hate weird people you know like i dislike i hate cancel culture i think it's the dumbest thing in the world but i also it's like that annoys me more than you just being weird like if someone is adverse or like abrasive to your idea don't just cancel them explain to them like bring them in the loop maybe like you're not you're not you're not going to help your situation or help film as a person if you just cancel them you know like i don't know man just uh, i hate you're cancel not, culture you're just eliminating all you're doing is eliminating people from the discussion that have learned the lesson yeah i mean i get it you know some people aren't going to change you know there are a bunch of old ass people that probably aren't going to change but i mean i have one of my grandmothers like not the one we share, but the other one. I, me and my sister have explained to her, and somewhat to my parents a little bit at times, like when they say some ignorant shit, it's like we call yep. them out and like say, we don't go, how fucking dare you? It's like, hey, don't say that because of this, of you know, of these reasons. And we ex- so, go ahead. I, I totally get that. And it, I've always, I kind of, from time to time, wonder what my offspring will be correcting me on. And then I'm also wondering if, when when people stop learning, they stop growing sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you stop interacting on such a grand scale uh, when you get out of the learning environment. So if I don't stop learning and I still expose myself to new ideas as I get older, will I less likely need my son to correct me on whatever the new hip shit is? You know, we're, we're not owning people 
we're not calling gay people certain names. Like I, I, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get those corrections when I get older. If I maintain um, my desire to learn throughout my life Yeah. or, or will, is this eventuality some sort of unescapable thing I where I will well. still be ignorant uh, when I'm, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, if I live that long, I just, it's inescapable. You're going to fall out of the loop. I've thought of that, not specifically about like learning. Well, I haven't thought about that, about learning about, you know, politically correctness and stuff like that, but, but with technology, because I'm like, how, like, I speak to old people all the time. And they're like, I don't use email. And I'm like, why? Like, it's so how? easy. Like, yeah. What, what, how are you functioning in this world? You know, like you don't, you don't use the, you don't use your, they're like, I, they're, they just, they're, they go as far as to say, I don't have a computer. And I'm like, okay, then like, why should like I help you? It's such a you? small world. Well, why should I help you if you're not helping yourself? Like, and I'm, uh, and, it, and it brings me to the point where I'm like, well, at what point is there going to be something new technologically wise or te- technologically speaking where I'm just like, no, I'm not going to use it. It's like, I don't think I'll ever get to that point because one, I like learning about new things too. You know, and there there are some social media things where I'm like, I was kind of adverse to. I think that's a little different because those are like TikTok and Instagram. They felt the same to me as other websites. But like, it's not like I'm refusing to like, you know, learn about, I, I still learn about those websites and I still, you know, use them from time to time. But like, I'm not, you know, refusing to get a new phone or anything. Why can't you extend the same open mindedness to my other kin baby uh, dragon group because <laughs> you've the evaluated is, the my ideas and dismiss them the thing is I think everything has the word I'm looking for it has a certain realness to it it's when you get really out there that you like like I said it's there it's not even an opinion or a feeling at that point. I think it's like a fact. Like you, you can't be a cat. You cannot ever be a different species. Like you can be a different gender. You can be a different sex. Go for it. That is, that is actually possible. You can't change your, you, well, you can change your sex in the sense of like organs, but you can't change what chromosomes you're born with. That's biologically. I could totally see us getting to the point where we could, oh man, change your species. Into a question of uh, definitions. Like if I do some radical plastic surgery and I get to the point where I feel that I meet the definition, my personal definition of what it is to be my other kin cat self. Then you shouldn't be allowed to drive cars. You shouldn't be allowed to own any human device. Like if you God, think you're so close minded, if you are, if you think you're a cat, Go drink and eat out of a bowl and don't own a phone, don't own a car, you don't own a house. Because guess I'm what? Go get one of those kiddie pools. Cats don't own litter. fucking houses. Yeah, and you have to shit in a litter box or shit outside. You don't get to use a toilet. Like, I don't know, man. Like, if you, if you want to be that thing, then be that thing. Go for it. But guess what? You can't have the best of both worlds. Like, you can't just be a cat and then fucking live in a house and you know i mean cats live in houses but who's your owner that's what i want to know I, it's just it blows my mind man you can't no 
It's not, that's not how the world works. Now, so back to people not owning computers and, and made a comment <laughs> about how small the world would seem. Yeah. Uh, it made me think, uh, I saw a picture of a replica buster sword um, from Final Fantasy and somebody in China was making this and I tracked it down to some Chinese website and I'm using Google Translate to look this thing up and they, <laughs> they make all sorts of, you know, these JRPG type weapons. And I was like, how much do I have to pay to buy this for Ryan? Cause he would blow it. It was, I would lose it was my mind. If you shipped a buster sword to my house. So it, it wasn't full size. It was like one fourth size, even then, but even it then. was super detailed. And I can't imagine not being able to do that sort of thing. Like the world would feel so small. Like I'm, yeah. I'm reaching out some some country across the world to see this piece of art that somebody else is creating that I might be able to acquire for myself. They wanted like five grand for it. Oh so my god! Even though I didn't do it, that oh option still was open to me. It's like you know, happy birthday for the rest of your life, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm you writing you off, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you're like I better be in your fucking will. Oh yeah, my god! Leave it, leave it to me. Yeah, <laughs> leave you. The sword. Oh my god. Speaking of we'll, we'll we'll change we'll change subjects here. Uh speaking of Final Fantasy 7, have you seen any of the like remake videos or uh screenshots? I I saw some opening shit and I think I saw some combat against one of the first bosses. Yeah. I cuz I I linked both of those videos on Discord and I linked I've I know you don't you're not on Twitter, but um I posted the opening it's like an opening 7-minute video or 5-minute video. Bro it it's like doing drugs the nostalgia i'm just like vividly see that scene where she's on her knees in the alleyway and the the mako yep. or life force is coming out and it's like i can see that in the ps1 graphics it it's insane what your brain will lock in you know like you're never gonna for, i mean maybe down the line i'll forget it but you know what i'm saying like i'm not gonna forget that for a very long time because one there's so many emotions tied to it it's it's nuts man and like i know playing that game on stream i'm gonna fucking just like one i'm probably gonna cry like a ton it's fucking but i think that it's insane how strong nostalgia can hit you you know like just thinking of like certain video game memories makes me happy is that isn't that weird like that we attach like like you can yeah. have a memory of something, but and there's always an, an associated emotion with it. Yeah, kind of like you know, grandma's cookies. Like I've I've got banana yeah. bread, uh, and then playing uh, Tales of Destiny with either Mike playing the main dude or me playing the main dude, and then uh, the ring of control on the second guy, making it a semi two player. Yeah, and that's yeah, amazing. I'll never forget that shit. That's one. That's one big regret I have of my life is not playing more video games with my sister as. Or not, not just not playing video games, but not just like being friends with my sister while I was growing up. There was a lot of rejection there. <laughs> That's tough, homie. It is, man. But I mean, we're we're like really good friends now, so it is what it is. I think it was when we were six years apart. So yeah, it's it's that's hard because you've got the one, if I remember me correctly, hanging out with older people. I just want to be included. And then when you're an older dude, these childish desires and worries 
or remind you of when you were a kid and you don't want to be that you want to be grown up and yeah like there, there's so many things pulling the two apart it's also like when you grow up as a child and you you know i don't want to say i wasn't happy but like there was a lot of things i didn't like about myself so it was like i'm gonna take this out on you and not be friends with you it's like that's great right yeah i, I had some of that with some of my siblings it is what it is, man. But Final Fantasy VII, bro. I, I Tales of Destiny. I, the, oh God! If they if they remade that, yeah, I, I would, would I would be all over that too. As uh, have you seen any like side by side mashups of the uh, the new Final Fantasy versus the old one? Yeah, like, I would love to see some scene for scene. Yeah, they they've there's a few of them out there. I I haven't linked them anywhere, but I've watched a few. Uh, the combat looks amazing. It's it's like super oh, smooth yeah. and. I do like that you can switch modes. Yes, it's so if you want that old JRPG feel, you can you know go back to the turn-based mode. But it's if also you want the Dragon Age. Yeah, which I like. I like both, you know. And you might want to switch between them, like when you're just grinding mobs, you know, or you just you know you're grinding through like trash mobs. Just go, you know, in the new age, just kick their ass real quick. But when you're on like a more complicated boss, maybe do the chess mode and like take your time, you know. I can't wait to buy this game, play for five minutes, and tell you I hate it. I fucking hate you. You probably will, honestly. For this monumentous of a game, I will, I will at least lie to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you say monumentous, like God of War didn't win Game of the Year. Uh... You You should go back and replay God of War and at least get, like, I don't, I don't know, you played it for a good bit. I don't know, man. I, I, I didn't make it to the World Serpent. I... I I think I played past the first boss encounter and then a little, no, I, yeah, I played a little bit past the first boss encounter as got in the boat for a little bit. And then I just such a fucking grind. Not a grind. There's no grind. I was not enjoying it. You're just a loser. I don't know what That's to tell you. Probably true. Oh my gosh. We've been recording for two hours and 20 minutes, by the way. All right. Well, nobody's listening still. They yeah, left off like 30 minutes in. They They've deleted this podcast. Let's talk shit about Greg. We'll fill this out to three <laughs> hours. He doesn't listen to this podcast. Are you kidding me? I remember, uh, I remember I told Greg how I prepare for some of my podcasts. He goes, what do you do? I'm like, well, if it's like someone like Jake, I'll maybe write like two words down and we'll just flow. He's like, I couldn't do that. I'm like, I know. The first word's fuck. Second word's you. No, I, you know what's funny is I actually have stuff written down that for us to talk about today. We talked about one of them. Nice. I, I wrote down three things. I wrote down the gun thing. And actually, I didn't even... Actually, I wrote down four things, and we talked about one of them. I wrote down the gun thing. I wrote down three other questions that we did not talk remotely about. Rapid fire, hit me. Uh, or do you want to save one for next time? Uh, half and half it. All right, well, I'll just do rapid fire, because I'll come up with more stuff. So, close up the podcast. We're going to go through these three things really quick, and then we're going to end. So we can feel like we successfully achieved something other than talking about weird sexualities we don't understand <laughs> and, for and an hour. And, com- and fucking cyberkinetic communications that yeah. doesn't exist yet. Oh my god. If I start a podcast, it'll be called From a Place of Complete Ignorance. <laughs> I mean, that's a great podcast name, dude. Complete Ignorance? That would be a great podcast name, man. Um. Anyways. uh, Alright, so... You, I linked you that video with Jocko where he talks about like military things in movies. Did you yep. you watch that? Yeah, I did. So, 
after watching that and after you know you have your experiences as a you know you've you're what how many years in you're uh 15 15 yeah i was gonna say 14 but i was like that's um 15 years in the military what do you think if you had to pick the number one like inaccuracy or poorly portrayed thing is in movies with when it comes to the military in, in general oh man i'm I'm gonna hit you with a specific first okay um, uh the way they show drones and i'm doing air quotes uh uavs unmanned aerial vehicles in movies has been so inaccurate for like the longest time I, I think it was one of the transformer movies that even put like a gatling gun on it or it might have been a team but it's so stupid the way they show them like I, I think it gives the people the impression that these things can do air-to-air combat and they are remotely piloted like somebody's got the hand on throttle all the time and it's not pre-planned tracks and they're only carry like a small number of armaments be as unspecific there as i can um like it just gets the wrong gives people the wrong impression yeah they, and that they, has bothered me the most um in in recent years okay i that's that's a great answer actually uh i'll move on to the next point the next thing i had written down was woodworking because i know you love woodworking i actually bought you a, a woodworking book for christmas um what i never really asked you what got you into woodworking um i think it's two things um i know you like building stuff one, with your hands because you, you love legos okay three things so <laughs> so uh it's kind of the, the whole flow state meditative thing it, it, woodworking is something i can do um that i don't really have to think about what I'm doing uh, to the degree that draws my attention um, completely. I can kind of get into a flow state and it's very relaxing to be in the garage for a serious amount of time. Um, I think I didn't get into it because of that, but I kept doing it because of that. I kind of just, you know, it's kind of a happy place sort of thing. That's um, what, that's what that was the, the hook, line and sinker for you. was. Yeah, that's, that's the crack cocaine. I think what originally started me was, I'm a cheap skate as a young uh, person in the military. And I was like, I can build that. I can build that. You know, I, I had I some, see that at least some level you. of competence with tools and I started to acquire them. And then uh, I think another influence was to keep with it. Like my dad as a role model, uh, he's very hands-on. And I mean, I was doing roofs, framing rooms, doing drywall, all sorts of stuff. and. I knew that there were all these skills out there that he had that I didn't have. And by comparison, I needed to, if I wanted to be as good of a person or as useful, or I, I don't know what the exact term is uh, that I want to place on this. Maybe not as much as a man. It's not that I, I, I think for a long time I felt that a man is whatever you define it is. And that's truly what a man is. And, and I know that's oxymoronic or contradictory, but there's, if anybody says you're not a man or because of X, it, yeah, it's just stupid. It is. But I, I feel that there are a certain set of skills that I want to have. I want to be useful and I want to be able to do things for myself. And I think woodworking was kind of the initial foray for Ray. I think that's how you said it. My initial dip into that. And it's stuck with me the longest of, I've worked on cars. I've done the woodworking stuff. Um, 
I would love to get into welding. That's another skill that I would love to get into, but there's just, I'm going to call them like trade skills um, that I want to get better at. Vocational uh, skill. Yeah. I'm decent at electricity. I can, I can wire a house without dying. Uh, I've, I've done lots of um, modifications to some of the houses we've owned, putting power plugs in places that they didn't exist, wiring closets for power, doing lights, fans, all sorts of shit. I've done flooring. I've done roofs. I've done walls. I've done paint. Like my dad, my dad's that way, man. Like he, like I can't imagine like something outside of like, I think if my dad had three of them or like four of him and you go build a house, you, you, it could happen. You know, oh. that's something. And that's something that I always admire. And like other people is like when they can just do like handiwork like that, you know, it's like, like you were saying, you, Oh, this closet needs power. There needs to be a socket here. It's like I can I can wire that down. I would have well, I don't want to say zero clue because I understand how electricity works. And I understand how wires work and how like, you know, you have to you know I don't understand how wiring a house works, but I understand how wires work and you know, having the different hookups because I've seen those and like I've asked my dad questions. I couldn't wire I couldn't do that. But I think if I YouTubed it, <laughs> I probably could. Yeah, and that's exactly it, man. Okay, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how good do you think I am at computer? Oh, uh, a 9? Just in general, okay. But I it, never, I never cut Cat5 cable without a reference. Whenever I'm doing, whenever I'm putting ends on Cat5 cable, I always pull up a reference. And that's understandable. I will, yeah. I will never wire a socket without having a reference. I will always go back to something. I, I know there are certain things that I don't need to reference that I'm just so comfortable with, but for the vast majority of things, I'm just going to go look it up. I'm going to pull up the YouTube video. Some 13 year old kid with an IQ twice mine is going to teach me how to do it. <laughs> yep. And I will be competent for five minutes, which is long enough to get whatever the task is done. Mm-hmm. And I think the willingness to, to just go look something up and not be, hampered or fearful of being ignorant or failing or something like that i think that's well if that's what a man is to me you just explained good it people versus bad it people it (laughs) it is literally who can google the best there you go i mean that's and that's that's what i mean i that's one of my biggest pet peeves honestly is when someone asks me something they can google i'm like i'm just gonna google it for you and tell you what what do you want like that's why the website exists let me google that for you like I like people. Like, I say. People. Have you heard? Have you heard the whole thing about don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree? Degree. <laughs> yeah. And then the the inverse or converse of uh, don't confuse your uh, IT degree with my Google. Search. Yep. I mean, honestly, dude. Like, it's it's up there. For, like, I, you could have a degree in IT, and you know, you know how like fucking Python and fucking C plus plus and all that works great, and how you know databases are built. But assisting someone with, you know, resetting their fucking whatever and getting them to the point, like troubleshooting them, mostly Google and re- and like reference work and like referencing a manual. It's like, yeah. it's the skill. I think the skills or the degree of skill with IT comes down to being able to speak the language. Yes. How fluent are you? Like well, how much Googling, how many, how many Google search results are you going to have to pull up before you can fix whatever the answer, whatever the question is? Like if you speak the language, you're going to get it in the top result. If you don't speak the language, it might take you two or three, and you might have to dig down a few terms. But yes, the more you speak the language, the faster you're going to get to the solution. There's that. There's also translating. 
that language oh, that's a whole nother skill into set. layman terms so they can understand what the fuck you're talking about which is something that oh. i love like I, that i think i'm really good bro. at what'd you say i was gonna say bro uh the majority of the leadership when we stood up kind of all of cyber warfare within the military the majority of the leadership came from different parts of the military the non-it people so we, you have to communicate cyber warfare into other military terms that they're going to understand like fires mm-hmm. it's it's a whole skill man i could talk forever about google and how much i've taught myself like honestly that's the reason i i like dropped out of college was like I hated the way most of the teachers taught and the fact that like going to class didn't make me learn. It's like, you're just reading a PowerPoint. You're not teaching. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like reading a PowerPoint isn't teaching to me. Yeah. Like in, there's plenty of times I've gone somewhere and I'm like, you could have just sent me a PowerPoint. Exactly. Save me 40 minutes. Yes. You've wasted so much of my time and the government's money sending me here some bumfuck nowhere base to learn some <laughs> bullshit skill that I could have got from PowerPoint. Oh my God. It, and one thing I, this is going to sound again, conceited, but one thing I hated about school is like, you have to teach at the speed of the slowest learner. Yes. It, I am a quick learner. I don't need, I don't need four examples. You showed me the first time I got it. Let's go on to the next I, one. I'm certain it is useful for some types of people, but it's just, not useful for me no well it's kind of like the reference thing you were talking about when it's like i don't need to remember a hundred percent how to do this thing i learned how to do it i'll reference back to that when i when when i like if i need to do it again i'll reference you know back to that i don't you know maybe for a test i need to use my memory sure but like if i go look up right now you know how to you know solve the degree of an angle or something I, I couldn't tell you how to do that right now. I have a general idea. I know it's an equation. But when I look at the yeah. equation, I'm going to understand it because I, I, I reference back to it in my memory. I can't. I've got the basics. I can, exactly. I can plug. I know how to replace some of those letters with numbers. It's like, I, I think. I'll, it's useful on who wants to be a millionaire. No other <laughs> Right. Or if, you know, you're, you're, you're a, a, what you call it? What is it? People that write, that design blueprints. What are those people called? Architects. Like if you know if you if you use angles every day, sure you're gonna need to remember that shit. But guess what? Most people don't use angles in their everyday life because you just don't. There's no reason to. Um, Jesus, Ryan, you're not gonna carry a CAD program around in your pocket all the time. <laughs> I have my protractor. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. It's there were things about school that I I hated. I I think if I go back to school to get a degree, if I ever have that desire i would do it online i can't Dude, i'm having a hell of a time online right now like a like hard school that works for me no no oh, okay I'm just fucking cruising through it uh i went with the school i'm not going to name it but you pretty much just prove competence it's like a college course made out of club tests it's amazing yeah that's well that's what it's that's what school should be it's like because that's what a degree is you proved you were competent in this area that's what you have proven that's what this piece of paper, sh- paper shows and then I'm going to show that paper to someone to get a job in that area, hopefully. And that's what, that's how degrees work. It's, you know, like, unless you're getting like, you know, licenses and, you know, like nursing, I feel like that is a, something you need to go to school for. You should not get a nursing degree online. I'm sorry. Like that well, is a, that's yeah, a hands-on I can, job. I can also devil's advocate that this, like there is some intrinsic value or maybe extrinsic, however you want to phrase this 
Um, of being like forced out of class. It's a guarantee. Yeah, it's a guarantee that yeah. you're going to stick with it. It's a guarantee that you're exposed to a certain range of ideas and people. Um, so there's some things that aren't in the curriculum. Um, yes. That, so, that school yeah, teaches I can, you. I can yeah. understand that. Stick to a schedule, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I definitely can get behind that. I, I, would, I wouldn't argue against that at all. I, I, but I am a very lazy person when it comes to things like that. So for me, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't adhere to that. I mean, time, time is a weird one for me. Like if I, like, uh, like me and Greg disagree about like what being late is. Okay. Like if I tell you I'm there, I, like, Hey, let's meet here at five. And I get there at five Oh one. I wasn't that late. I, I wasn't late. You know, it's like, it's, it's a, technically, yes, I was late. I, did, I was not there at the predestined time, but like, if I have to be somewhere at five and I know it takes me 10 minutes to get there, I'm going to leave at four fifty. That's just how my brain works because I'm like, I, yeah, I think unless, you unless know, I know definition sort of thing, like you, you're going to have to be familiar with people. I, yeah. I wouldn't push it that close if I was unfamiliar with people. Sure. Yeah. If it's like my friends, you know, and I'm, and I, I know like, you know, I'm saying it takes 10 minutes to get there at this time of day. I'm not like saying like, Oh, well, normally it takes 10 minutes to get here. I got caught in five o'clock traffic. I'm not that fucking stupid. I like, if it's somewhere I'm going that's familiar and I'm familiar with the people. Yes. If I'm like, if it's a job interview, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to yeah. leave early, get there early. You know, I'm going to be 10 minutes early. You know, I'm at least like, I'm going to leave my house like probably 20 minutes earlier than I normally would to go to that place. It, but like Greg will get there fucking 15 minutes early. I'm like, why? You're just going to wait every time. Cause you know, I'm not going to be there till at least five. Probably. I think Greg and I would agree on this point that we probably feel that it is the considerate thing to do. It is. And that's, um, and I, I, I will never argue against that. It's definitely nicer. <laughs> and I, yeah, I would, I would say that yours isn't inconsiderate. It's just a matter of kind of like knowing people and it, it's what it is. What, what, what it is, is that it's like, I basically was here on time, except I got caught at that light for 30 extra seconds. You know, it's, I'm not going to get here. It's like, yeah, I could have left my house a minute earlier and, and been on time, but like, it's also just a minute, but it, you know, it's, it's a respect thing and like consideration. Like you say five, yeah. be there at five. I think that I hate it when people waste my time so much, yes, like the that's military true. schools, that I loathe to waste other people's time. Otherwise, I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that, 100%. I also drive fast and yell at people while driving. So, <laughs> Nice. I mean... Any other uh, rapid fires in the queue? The next one will be a really long subject, and we'll save it for next time. It's D and D, so. Oh God! Yeah, you do a whole session on that. I I intended to spend at least twenty twenty five minutes, maybe even yeah, we could talk a whole hour plus on D and D and like every facet of it, like and how it fits into our lives. You know, Dude, that's the episode you should bring Greg on for. I think that would be fun, actually, because have a three way. Ooh, didn't want to say it like that, but uh, okay. I mean, you asked for it, I guess. I'm specifically requesting it. I was saying, I was thinking like three by like sex. Oh, but well, you're like, I thought that was implied. Anyways, I'll go get the diapers. <laughs> oh God. I'm a dragon. <laughs> Come look at my horn. <laughs>
Oh God, oh, man. Okay, well, it is. We we're two hours and forty minutes in, man. I. It's no, we got twenty minutes. Let's, I, no, let's I'm go. not. I'm not rounding it out, bro. I don't want to post a three hour podcast. We're gonna be like, fuck that. <laughs> give a price to i'll give to sub to somebody that listens to the whole thing oh yeah all right deal if anyone comes into my stream and says and like you're listening right now and goes hey neil i got to the end of your two hour and 40 minute podcast you have to say those words neil i got to the end of your two hour and 40 minute podcast i'll gift you a sub i don't know like if you're already a sub i'll do something special for you we'll we'll work something out because i love you guys they at least pick a topic or something that, or some like question a keyword? you can ambush, ambush somebody for. No, like if, oh, I see what if you're you can't give them a sub, I'll, I'll spitball some ideas at you. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. I like it. But yeah, thank you guys for hanging out and listening to the podcast. I hope I didn't, uh, I don't know, scare off my viewers with some of the subjects. But I don't know, I was honest. And I hope, I think we, I don't think we were that ignorant. I mean, at least I, I don't. I don't think you were. I probably was. I'm sure we have some opinions that could use some more information. But well, that's well, that's the thing. That's what that's, I think. That was the whole whole conversation. Like for the last hour and a half, as well, not the whole conversation, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's what I was trying to get across earlier. Is like these are opinions I hold with the current information I have. Those can be changed. I would like to talk to people about it. If you want to talk to me, just come talk. I'm not gonna like. I don't think I'm very hateful in any of my opinions. I. Now, yeah, if you don't now, get, don't if get you, mad, get talkative. Now, if you dress up like a baby and you want to dress be like a baby your whole like all day, I can't help you with that. I don't want to talk about that shit. You're, you need <laughs> Ryan it. says miss me with that shit. You need you need mental help. I I can't. If you think you're a cat, like I said, go live like a cat. Don't you know? If you if you really think you are a feline, I I can't can't do it, man. But uh, I hope that's that's the one thing you guys should take away from this podcast. If you think you're a cat, go drink milk out of a bowl. Don't own a phone. Don't look at the internet because cats don't do that. <laughs> Just saying. Right, man. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Thanks for hanging out, man, and thanks for talking. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I will. Uh, I will see you guys in about a week from now. Yeah. And we, I have, I have two big podcasts recording, so be on the lookout for those. Also, if you want to come check me out on my stream, always do that. Links in the chat. Jake, thank you for being here. You guys have a wonderful week.